0: Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1 877 669
1: 1292. I'm Howie Silbiger. It's the Howie Silbiger Show. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Uh, before we get to my guests, Dino Manzoni and Sheldon Eric-Fried is here. Uh, I just want to uh, I just wanted to mark the one-year anniversary of the murders at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Why Why do we mark these things? Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting question, and it's a question that's been plaguing me for uh, for about a year, but not really plaguing me because I actually know the answer. So I can't plague you if you know the answer. But but the answer, I think, is um, it, it brings me back, uh, and I was thinking about it, it brings me back to the... Um, Original murder. The original biblical murder, the first murder in the world where Cain murdered Abel. He murdered his brother Abel. And then God came looking for Abel and said, Hey, Cain, where's Abel? And Cain said, Am I my brother's keeper? At the end of the day, we are our brother's keeper. The answer is resounding yes. We are our brother's keeper. Whether it is Christians being killed in Syria or Jews being killed in Pittsburgh, we must stand up and we must remember the victims and condemn the murders. The media is terrible. The media likes to publish the murderer's names and faces. They like to repeat the murderer's names over and over and over again. You'll never hear that on the Howie Silberger Show, and you'll never see it on my Facebook. I'm all about the victims because the victims are the victims. The murderer chose to kill people. He chose to take lives, and uh, that's just terrible. I think it's really fitting, though, that on the one-year anniversary of the Tree of Life murders, uh, ISIS leader is killed. I think that is. I think that's the most fitting thing. That's the most. That's the biggest tribute you could give to the people murdered uh, for the sake of hatred, religious hatred. Is killing a xenophobic, hating, ha- hating leader of a group that's trying to commit genocide against people. The biggest travesty in this whole thing is the fact that the media hasn't covered at all the genocide happening to the Christians in the Middle East. It's a travesty, and and we should talk about it more. And we don't. And we should. And we should, we should find people who, who know about the topic and people who could talk about it. And we should give it as much airtime as possible. In fact, media should give it as much time as possible. Because any time you ignore a genocide, and, and trust me, I, I'm Jewish, I, I know about genocide. Anytime you ignore a genocide, you, you are advocating the next one. And we can't do that. We shouldn't do that. As human beings, we should never, ever, ever do that. I'm Howie Silver. It's the Howie Silver Show. Number to call: one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Dino Manzoni is in studio with me. Sheldon Eric Fried is here too, and um, and of course we will take your calls if you want to call in: one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Well, gentlemen, we just got through a uh, a pretty horrible election.
2: Uh, horrible is the word.
1: <laughs> I, I would say the campaign was horrible
2: and the election was horrible. Yeah, I'm uh, so happy it's finished. <laughs> I, 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 I think, like I I think can anybody, begin, is. and it didn't make a difference as far as I'm concerned, gentlemen. It didn't make a difference to me who won. I just thought, and I, I'm, I have to push, uh, put this question to you, gentlemen, because you are very politically astute, and both have my undying respect. Do you find though that for each election, do you find that the campaigns are getting more dirtier and dirtier, and more personal mudslinging? character assassination type of thing. Well, you got to also like you got you got to kind of
0: look at the context, right? Which is that Canadians, Americans, p- 2009 people are just uh, 19 people are not reading anymore. They're not reading platforms. They're not mm-hmm. asking real questions. They don't care about the answers. So, what are what are the campaigns doing? They're marketing their message. In little, little, teeny bits, bits of you know, like information for you to take, which is I bash Trudeau on the head, I bash Sheer on the head. Let me throw out this little nugget. You throw out this little nugget. I mean, it's complete nonsense, right? So, Absolutely. So, so, so the reality is, is that people are chosen based on their personality, based on who they liked in the debate, who wore the better tie, who comes across as more gentle. I mean, it's it's ludicrous. Nobody reads these platforms, so. You know what? I think that the answer to your question, Sheldon, is yes. They're getting dirtier, but I also think it's because we are not as 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 mindful of what the what the stakes are. And Canadians, frankly, and not just Canadians, I think people generally today are a lot lazier in terms of who they pick politically. They're just not paying attention as they should.
1: Well, I'm not it's sure. I'm not sure. It's I'm not sure it's dirtier. Um, I remember we, we used to host um, on the Howie Sobek show. We used to host political debates. Yeah, uh, we we'd have the federal writing debates. We we did I think three or four times, three yeah. or four mm-hmm. elections. We had federal writing of debates, and um, uh, the first one went really nicely. The the candidates came in; they were all respectful of each other. But but then, um, you know, some of the candidates, uh, as as time went on, some of the candidates weren't the uh, you know I don't want to insult them, right? But they weren't the highest caliber sure, of people. Sure, sure, right. weren't the highest caliber yeah. of people. That, that should be running for public office. Mm. And, and these people came in, and suddenly the mudslinging starts. Right. So I, I'll, I'll use an example because it was an example that went national. National Post picked it up off our show. Sheldon, I don't know if you remember that. Were you there, Sheldon? I think you were. I believe so. Um, so, so when Solly Eidel was running for the conservatives sure. and Erwin Kotler was running for the liberals. The liberals.
2: Yeah. Oh, I uh, was there.
1: We had, we, had, we, had the, um, we had the first Mount Royal riding debate on the Howie Silberger show. And uh, Jeff Fittkosch was there, too. I, right. I think he was just there for the ride. But <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was there, too. He was for the MVP. Yeah. Um, so um, so at one point during the debate, uh, Erwin Kotler said to Sully Seidel, he pulled out of his bag a, a flyer. Mm. And he said to Sully Seidel, listen, he says, I just got this flyer in my mailbox that's calling me a Nazi. Okay? And and, and uh, he had the flyer in his hat. Sure. and It had the conservative logo on the bottom and the Sully Seidel thing. Uh, uh, yeah. It was was real. He didn't make it up. It was there, physically there in front of him. And he said to him, could you explain this to me? And Zaydals, who was unprepared for this, he thought it was going to be a cakewalk, and my debates are never a (laughs) cakewalk. But he thought it was going to be a cakewalk. He wasn't prepared at all. He was leafing through his book trying to find a, a pat answer because he had his, uh, his policy book in right. front of him. And he was leafing through the policy book, trying to find a pan answer. There's no pan answer to that question. Yeah. Why are you calling me a Nazi? <laughs> Here is the, the premier human rights advocate uh, <laughs> in the world, probably probably the most famous human rights one of the most famous human rights activists in the world. And uh, he has a flyer in front of him from the Conservative Party calling him a Nazi. So Zaydel um, so, so, said, well, uh, it was a mistake. I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea that this, this was put out. So he said, fine. Cutler said, "Fine, I will accept that answer. I will accept that answer if you're willing to disavow this right now. Right? Just say you disavow it, you condemn it, and this is uh, and this issue is over." He refused to disavow it, mm. and it became national news. The National Post picked it up, right? Uh, and the Global Mail picked it up because it became national news sure. after that. Um, so, so to say that it's getting dirtier and dirty, it's always been dirty. It's just. The politicians are getting stupider and stupider. I was going to say, it's getting stupider and stupider.
0: That's what it's coming down to. Absolutely. There's no more intelligent politicians. Well, you know, though, I I, I beg to differ on one thing. So let's take just one, if we can micro uh, go down a little bit to one race. So one of my friends was running in this race, Michael Forian in, um, um, I can't remember the writing, downtown. uh, I forget the name of the writing. Anyhow, it's going to come to me. He'll probably hate me for forgetting (laughs) it. And he was actually very, very knowledgeable on the environment. This was the issue. I mean, this was a big issue in this campaign. And I got to tell you, I don't think Michael missed one debate across the island where the environment was being discussed. Like he was the point guy and going out there, very articulate, extremely bright, polished, knew his stuff, knew his facts, was really like erudite, you name it, right? what happens mm-hmm. he get you know the numbers come in i think he came in like third or fourth well wow. and and again wow. I, underst- yeah, and I understand that okay it's a national campaign that c- kind of like picks you know picks you to 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 the first spot and and, and but here's the reality we're not picking for local candidates anymore yeah. we're picking for you know just a leader if you will who by the way we don't elect we elect parties Mm-hmm. So to speak to your point about people getting stupid, you know, the, the, the campaigns being stupider and stupider, we do have some good caliber, caliber people, just people are not paying attention to the message.
1: And people don't understand how pol- how, how the political system works, how the yeah. parliamentary system works. Correct. They, they just don't understand because they don't teach it in school. Right.
0: Well, they do. But I again,
2: I just yeah. people think we elect our prime minister. We it's don't. It's incredible, you know. No. So, yeah. And that's one thing I never, I mean, I've always voted. And the thing is, you know, you get people complain all the time about different issues, but they don't go out and vote. Right. You know what I and, 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 they, and this is the thing like i I would always say to people, if you're going to complain, go to the polls, correct, and make yourself known. I mean, we're lucky that we live in a country that we can vote whoever we want to vote for without having any repercussions against us. You get certain countries, you don't vote for a certain party. you either you're either killed or you're thrown in prison. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And the thing and the thing is what that my biggest thing is as a Canadian citizen is I'm gonna vote for a party that's gonna help me out. And I've been disappointed in a bunch of different parties. <laughs> it's not just, you know, anti this or anti that, because right. I'm looking at the person in my writing for the issues that best represent me as a Canadian. And I could tell you, I know you, Howie, that have yeah. always said about how bad, you know, when you've had campaigns in the city council. Uh, that you were a victim of a lot of mudslinging and, and dirty thing, and you ran a very clean campaign. And this is what I admire about both of you guys. You guys are both honest, very transparent. And if you were running in my riding, I would vote for you because I know that you wouldn't muds- mudsling anybody. You would stick to the issues. Well, well, the last, the campaign, last, on. Campaign
1: I ran on, last campaign I ran was a municipal campaign right. uh, when I was a candidate. And uh, I'm telling you, the person who ran against me was, uh, was really, really... Um, Special. Special. (laughs) Special, dirty, special. (laughs) I I don't want to insult him because he's still sitting on council, but but (laughs) it's really
3: special.
0: (laughs) It's my euphemism. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I want to just mention, I've never said this, by the way, I've never said this on the air, but so I'm a city councillor in Montreal West. My mandate comes up in two years, and I can tell you... You know, as much as I've harbored a desire to want to run for office at a higher level, I have to, to speak to Sheldon's point. I'm starting to get to the point where I don't want to do well, it Why anymore. would you want to drag your family through no, that? No, and that's the whole thing. I just, you know, Sheldon. That's what's scary. Well, that's the, look, you know, here's, here's the reality is that they will dig up Every little thing about you, right? And it's not yeah. like I have any skeletons per se, but I'm sure I've done something that somebody wants to make hay of. Yeah, like
1: 45 years ago, you did right, something, right? Yeah. Or, or, or I wrote
0: a letter to the papers and I said this, and then I said that, and then maybe you know, or he wasn't so great on this issue, and that's all fair game. But what happens? It becomes really personal. Look, I remember when I in in my first mandate as a city councilor, I, pro- I excuse me, I, I promoted the. Um, uh, the Farmer Prix at the corner of Westminster right. and uh, and uh, St. Jacques or Avon. Let me tell you, they skewered me. They skewered me saying that somehow I was in a conflict of interest because I had worked at one point in my life for Farmer pre. That went on oh, for eight my. months and I kid you not, it was the worst. I mean, if you just Google my name and you do Farmer pre, you'll see the stories. And so that kind of, can I use the word bullshit? Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> that kind of bullshit really is, is what I just would not <laughs> want to put my family through. So frankly, the desire to want to present myself at another level uh, just it, it wanes it's it, waning it almost so. makes no
1: sense
2: yeah and yeah. the social media is such a killer uh, you know, computers yeah. and what people can google in this and google that and it's like you could be you know uh no matter which party or what platform you are running for what you you know the best thing for the citizens. People are always going into personal stuff. Oh my god, for sure. And Sheldon, they could
0: put whatever they want on 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 a Twitter feed or on a, on a Facebook post. Nobody nobody's monitoring that. Nobody's regulating that. You know, so they can they can attack you and you know
2: forget about and it. It's, and they put not only you in, they put your family, Absolutely. your kids, yeah. your yeah. spouse, and it's like you're not safe. And then your kids get ridiculed, you know, in school. Your wife yeah. gets ridiculed on the yeah. street, yeah. and yeah. then you're saying to yourself. Is this really worth it?
0: Uh, it's a legitimate I, question, man. <laughs> it
2: really and, is. And that's what frightens me as a that's why I posted on Facebook. I said, you know, I was sick and tired of of Facebook comments from different people stream, people I don't know, saying the most horrendous things about different people. And it wasn't even a question about issues. It was this person, this, that person, this, share this, Trudeau, this, seeing <laughs> yeah. this. Like it was and I said, I know. you know, it's enough. I mean, thank like in the States, it's 20 times. Oh, it's worse. It's a cottage industry in the U.S. You yeah, know, I mean, and then I see when governors start running and they start, yeah. well, you saw what this person did and whatever, and I'm saying, this is what turns me so off. Well, if, politics- if you want to get
1: on the conversation, by the way, you could call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two, 669 1292 Dino Manzoni and... Uh, and Sheldon Eric Fried, I almost forgot your name, Sheldon. Sheldon Eric Fried, you right here on the show with me. Uh, you give us a call, one eight seven seven six six nine one two
0: nine two. So, So my father, my late father, would want me to pronounce my name properly, so <laughs> it's <laughs> Mazzone. It's like a matza, Mazzone. Okay. A, okay. So, um, oh, okay. But, you know, I wanted to, to, today, by the way, as I was coming in, literally breaking news about a half an hour ago. So Katie Hill, the congressman yeah. from California who nude pictures were put out there by, I guess, her estranged husband. She was in a throuple in a relationship oh with both. Yeah, it's just a mess, whatever. And so she resigned. She actually officially resigned. She stepped away. Now, that's a little bit uh, like over the top. It's a little egregious. She brought this onto herself to some extent, yeah. right? But the truth is, yeah. is that part of that is truly her personal life and really was not, you know, intended look, for public consumption. If, if,
1: you want, if you don't want nude pictures of yourself to be leaked, right. don't take nude pictures of yourself. Well, it's quite simple. Fair enough. Life, life is simple. Fair
0: enough. Because once but, you post it, you can't take it back. Absolutely. And this, you know, in that regard, though, I do feel for her because I'm sure why? that those why, pictures. Why do you well, feel for her? I'll tell you why. Because I don't think those pictures, when she took them, were intended for public cons- consumption. It was her and her husband. But, but
1: still, I mean, once you take wow. a picture of yourself and you're hear nude you, in the picture, I hear you, but you, you always run the risk. It's like, it's, a it's, risk. Like, it's like when someone tells me, oh my gosh, my girlfriend's pregnant, right? And I said, (laughs) but the second you have sex with your girlfriend, you're taking the risk of your girlfriend getting pregnant. So what? You know, if you don't want your girlfriend to get pregnant, don't take the risk. No
0: question, she she increased the likelihood that these would be out there by taking the pictures. Of course, but but there is some still semblance of of uh, you know respecting a person's privacy. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is that if you do run for office, it's all bets are off. All bets are off. I mean, well, I think now we've Americanized our system enough that people will literally come at you hammer and tong.
1: I, I am fairly sure that if I, if I run for office, <laughs> there are going to be no new pictures of me being released anywhere. Now that <laughs> but may but help actually. How
2: you <laughs> <say>? yeah, seriously. <laughs> like you said Howie though, like, you know, you said you're not going to run for a campaign anymore because of what happened to you in the past, which I absolutely cannot blame you for this. Right. Do you know, I can't blame you for not wanting to run on a higher thing. Uh, you know, City Council. But do you do fantastic work for Montreal West? And that's for sure time. for people who live there. Actually,
1: Sheldon, I have to correct you. you. I have to correct you because I did, I did, I did, say, I did say something else on that show uh, when, I, when I was talking about not, not, running, um, not running. I did right. say that the only time I would ever run is if Dino Manzoni ever asked me to run. <laughs> 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 that, that is what I said. If Dino Manzoni ever, ever asked me to yeah, run, yeah. I, I said I would, I would consider it, but, uh, but, but, but we, you're right.
2: You're right. We, but we, I always I always said look I had the uh, mo- most profound respect for both of you because you two are very honest. And you two, if you were running in my in, in my in my riding, I would definitely vote for you because I know where you guys are coming from. I know you both personally. You're very kind, Sheldon. Let me ask and, you, guys, kind. Sheldon. What what writing do you live in? Because I'm curious as Mount to Mount Royal. So Mount Royal. So
0: okay. So you had obviously Anthony was running. Anthony, Housefather. father? You had uh, David Torgman this last election. Right. I, again, that was also a very nasty campaign. You know, yeah. on both sides. By the way, I think to some yeah, extent. Yeah, exactly. I nobody's uh, yeah, yeah, nobody's yeah. innocent. Yeah, and no. you know
2: what. I'm. I'm not going to say I'm anti-conservative. I'm not going to say I'm anti-liberal sure, or anti-NDP. Sure. I. La- I want. I wanted a good, effective campaign about the issues. Right. And m- I might sound very naive, and I probably you know, am I very naive. I, I don't
0: think you're naive. I. I just think that unfortunately you're becoming uh, less and less uh, part of the the majority. Frankly, you know what I'm saying. I think you're the minority now. That that I'm. I'm certain, Sheldon. You're reading online where they stand, their position points, yeah. you're learning about this. I, I just don't see a lot of people that I, and by the way, a lot of smart people that I meet every day that don't, they don't do this. They just don't. I, You know who I, I When I posted about Sheer because um, for all intents, for, for, for full transparency I'm a yeah. conservative, um, yeah. you know, I'm not going to be supporting Shear in the non-confidence vote when we get to, uh, or confidence vote when we get to um, Toronto in April. I, I just think, it, you know what? The, the campaign said too much to me about what type of leader he is, and I'm not doing this a second time over. And when I read what people were saying about Mike my, my that view, they were all on board, saying, yes, I agree, I agree. But the reasons that they didn't vote for Shear were so Oh God, they were really pathetic. I mean, like some of the reasons why people chose not to vote for Shear just were not the reasons why I'm not supporting Shear. <laughs> like I'm not supporting Shear going forward because I just think he probably is not the guy who's going to lead us to the promised land. But some of the reasons why people did not vote for him, like somebody said, "Oh, you know, he just didn't seem happy. He always seemed like he was in the bad mood." I'm like, "Great, that's that's how you choose the leader of your country." Like
2: whether oh, that's yeah. awful. Yeah, and that's, that's just... So, how you're choosing the leader yeah, of a country. and yeah. we really have more problems. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so my
1: my problem with sheer, um, and I've been very vocal about my problem with sheer, is the fact that he said that he would not intervene uh, with Bill right. Twenty One in right. Quebec, and I thought that. Um, I thought that abandoning the minorities of Quebec as a federal government is, is, is a wrong move to make. Yeah, and, well, he's um, playing
0: with the soft nationalist vote. Uh, you know? I, I understand yeah. the pandering uh, yeah. that was yeah. going on there.
1: Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I understand that, um, that, that you know, Quebec invited these minority groups to come to Quebec because they spoke French from French and Arab countries. And then to legislate against them so that they can't work yeah. seems, um, seems counterproductive.
2: It's, you, this, you're throwing leads. them under the bus. Uh, That's and, exactly and, what they were saying. And these, people are, these yeah. people
1: are Canadian citizens. Uh, you know they live in Quebec, and Quebec is a distinct society, so said Stephen Harper, right? But uh, <laughs> but they live they but, but but they're still living in Canada. Yeah. And uh, for the Canadian federal government to say hands off Quebec because maybe Quebec will talk about separation. Look, the federal government is meddling into our affairs. Who cares?
0: So you, you see, you've picked on something that really is what I felt was the biggest biggest zero, if you will, of the conservative campaign. So Sheer has convictions. What Sheer chose to do is not run on his convictions. Right. And that, to me, is always a losing recipe. When you're playing defense on your convictions, you've lost the game, right? I'm sure he wanted to say, I don't support Bill 21 at all. I mean, look you look at the guy's life story. There's no way he could somehow notionally accept Bill 21. Yet somebody in his group, in that small little coterie of idiots somewhere in right. Ottawa who were making decisions for him or Toronto, said... Oh, you got to do this because it'll get you some votes in John Care and this and that and that. So they literally were trying to kind of splice up this election in a way where they were saying certain things in Quebec and saying certain things in the West. And this is a recipe for disaster, like even on the abortion issue. Right. He should have been very clear. Say, look, I stand for life. This is my view. But I live within a country where we have the beauty of having these different points of view, and we can all still respect each other. Boom. Question over. Next one. You know? Yeah. And the fact that he couldn't even do that—he
2: opened up a Pandora's box. Ah, no, it, ju- it
1: just—it just bothered me uh, because Bill Twenty One affects me directly. Sure. Um, aside aside <coughs> aside from the hijab ladies who it affects—who affects, right. who affects uh, oh, even the But the keeper. Yeah, but the keeper affects sure. me directly. Um, I, I'm I'm finishing off a degree in education. So it's my, my third career. And, um, so what do you plan on doing after this? Like, what, what's your end goal? So well, my, my end goal was to get a job in a school board and live out the rest of my career right. teaching high school. Uh, after Bill 21 came into effect, uh, I, uh, that's an impossibility now. So um, even uh, – I have three internships left to do. Right. And so there was a question. With my keep on my head, with my Yarmulke, am I allowed to go as an intern to a public school? Right. To intern in a public school. And it was a big debate. And uh, the internship starts next week. And I just got my internship uh, placement on Friday. So uh, it took them three months to try to figure out if they could send me somewhere. Wow. And where they could send oh, me. Oh, my. This is crazy. So on Friday, I went to meet with the teacher that, um, that, that is going to, uh, that's going to be evaluating me. She holds the balance of my degree in her hands. <laughs> and, um, and she seems cool with it. But who knows about the parents and who knows about the other teachers and who knows about, you know, it's a big sure. school and, you know, you have hundreds of teachers. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So, you know, this is the when you legislate racism, hmm. you open up is. the Pandora's box of uh, of all the racists out there wanting to wanting to express their opinion. Right. And f- express their view and, and be racist. So um, I, I'm a tough guy. I have no problems. You know, somebody wants to come up head to head with me. I, I don't back down about anything. So I'm not I'm not too worried about it. But at the same time, why do I have to go through this living in a democratic country? I Mm -hmm. mean, if I was in Saudi Arabia, it's one thing. But I'm not in Saudi Arabia. I'm in Canada.
0: So I'm going to tell you this is a a true story, and it's a a file on my desk. I'm a practicing lawyer, and, and you'll know what they're trying to do here, okay? I won't mention names. So we have a client who came to see us and long and short of it is a church. It's a church that wanted to post a sign uh, on one of the parks and they were actually solicited by the agent for the borough of the city of Montreal saying that they uh, wanted to, um, you know, if if they asked the church, would you like to post a sign uh, to to help support the local community activities, give us some money, et cetera. Church said yes, said we'd like to put a sign that says Jesus loves you. No problem. Sure, they got the signs, they put them up, money was paid, everybody was happy. Next thing you know, city of Montreal Essentially, the borough of the city of Montreal, one of the boroughs, decided to take the sign down. When it worked its way through the whole process, what eventually came out, and I can tell you this is firsthand. This is not five people down the road. I called up the borough, and I wanted to speak to the person in charge of public works. And she was getting nervous when she heard it was a lawyer, et cetera. So she passed me to her boss. And when I spoke, to, excuse me, she was recreation. When I spoke to her boss, you know what he said to me? I kid you not. It was almost like he had no no shame. He lost the shame gene at one point in his life. He had said to me, you know, he says, listen, between you and me, this is not about Jesus or about, you know, Jews. or He goes, we don't want to open up the door so that Muslims start putting up signs. Okay. This, this is what this guy told me. Now we actually have a demand letter going out. We're going to make a big stink about this. I want to sue the city of Montreal. I'm really pissed off with this thing. But but we know
1: that's the truth yeah. behind uh, behind but, Bill 21. That's too. that's, I mean, that's that, that is the, the, the reality,
0: truth. right? So so it's sad. I mean, look in the in the end result. I mean, we should be, as you said in your opening uh, uh, monologue, um, is that we should be just as angry about the fact that they do it to Muslims that they would do it to Christians, to Jews, to whomever, right? I, mm-hmm. I could tell you what I would do if I was you. I would literally get hired without wearing my keeper and on my first day I'd stick the keeper on, go to class and have them pull me out with the security guards and make sure you got a crew right. out there with, with the with the cameras well, taking video of all I, this. I'm
1: telling you that was the first thing that went through my head because I'm sure. that kind of guy. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um uh mm- the, the saddest part about this whole thing, before we go to break, we have to take a break, but the saddest part about this whole thing is that the counsel I've been getting from, the, from Jews in the Jewish community is right. take it off. Ugh. Just take it off. That advice. And I said, take your it. Own, your own community. My own your community. Own take it off. You this? Why would I take it off? I, said, I stood in the middle of Ramallah with my keep on my head. I stood, I stood at Concordia oh. University when an Arab guy came up to me and said, "Take that kippa off your head, take the yarmulke off your head. You're an Islamic University," wow. and I kept it on my head. Wow. I ain't, I'm sure nah. the hell not taking it off for anybody. No. Thank you very that's much. Horrible, all right, but that's what it was. Uh, you know, the, you know, give in, bow yeah. to the, sure. bow to the masters. <laughs> you know, Judaism teaches me that we don't bow to anybody.
2: There
0: you go.
1: And uh, I, and you're not going to find me bowing. You got a little Italian in you there, yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I, I'm Howie Silberger. Uh This is the Howie Silver Show. You could call in and get in on the conversation. Number to call: one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. It's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. We'll take a little break. When we come back, we continue our conversation with Dino Mazzoni and Sheldon Eric Fried, right here on the True Talk Radio Network.
4: the signs. It came true just as I dreamed. We're almost there. You better stock up and prepare for the final scene. What can we learn from all of these cyberspace postulations? They mean well You trust.
2: show on the true talk radio network
4: talk to howie call
3: 1-877-669-1292
1: i'm howie silberger this is the howie silberger show right here on the true talk radio network in studio with me is Dino Mazzoni, and uh, Sheldon Freed's here, too. Hi, Sheldon. Hello there. Hi, Dino. Hello there. <laughs> and we're talking about the election. You could be on the phone. Number to call, one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. 669 1292 That's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. 669 1292 So how do you think this is going to play out? I, I think my, my prediction is that the... Um, uh, Oh, even before I get to my prediction, sure. right? I, you know, I just, I just had, a, had another thought before I got to my prediction because I know what my prediction is. But uh, <laughs> another, another thought. We were talking a little while ago that people don't understand the parliamentary system. And, yeah. um, and just because this, my, this leads up to my prediction. Um, <laughs> that, that When I explain to people that the conservatives could have won the majority amount of seats, but Justin Trudeau could have stayed prime minister, it kind of blows their mind. They're like, well, no, 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 the the most amount of seats, you know, dictates who the prime minister is, but that's not how the parliamentary system works. And, and it just kind of blew their mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah
0: again, that, I mean, you, you, first yeah. of all, they don't even understand it in the best of times. Right. Now you're asking <laughs> them to understand it in a minority situation. Forget about it.
1: Well, right, this is where my degree in political <laughs> science comes <laughs> into effect here, right? Because I yeah. actually understand the system. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when I explain it to them, and then I try to simplify it. Okay, l- let me explain to you how this works, right? And they're, they're like, no, forget <laughs> it. Yeah, like, like way above, way above their pay scale. Uh, anyway, the um, my prediction for this uh, for this thing is that. Um, that uh, that this election is going to last maybe maybe a, a year and a half. Uh, the only reason I say a year and a half to two years is because the NDP can't afford to go to election again.
0: That's pretty much the reason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're they're broke. 100%. I'll yeah. tell you a more cynical reason. A lot of the 2015 <clears throat> members of the House of Common uh, Commons were there were many right. There were yeah. a lot of people who were elected to get your pension. You got to serve six years. Right. Mm-hmm. Four plus, hmm, oh, two. two, that would bring <laughs> you to six. So, so that's kind of where that may benefit all the parties. But you're right, because there's no money in the tilt for a lot of these parties, there's just no appetite yeah. to go out there.
1: And I, th- I think the NDP more than anybody else, um, uh, I-, I read an article not long ago that, um, that the NDP pretty much ran for broke for oh, the yeah, election. Yeah. And so uh, if they're running on empty... Uh, they have to build their coffers up again, and uh, they don't do very good pub. They don't do very good fundraising. No, so.
0: and, and, and that serves uh, Justin Trudeau's purposes, right? He needs those, what, 14, 15 votes? <clears throat> so he's going right. to basically get them from the NDP for most of the decisions. There are going to be times when the Tories come on board for Transnational or whatnot, uh, Trans Mountain, I should say. Right. So there will be times when they can work with both. But you're right. Essentially, two years we're stuck with <laughs> this government. <laughs> but by the way, the only saving grace out of this whole thing was that Julie Payette, our governor general, did not have to involve herself in any way right. in this decision because yeah. this would have been a catastrophe. All, well, this would of, have
2: been such a cluster, oh, you know what?
0: Oh, absolutely, Sheldon. And you know what? I just think about the King-Bing affair. If anybody wants to know what I mean, Google King-Bing and you'll understand yeah. how the Governor General, it would have been just a mess if she had to get involved. And, and I, I don't already think she
2: had to meet with certain legal legal advisors oh, sure. to, because there was a, a there was the possibility and I remember I was doing the news for a radio station here in town and they and they were saying that the day of the election there would have been a possibility of what they call a hung parliament yeah where, where the governor general would have to go and then and then well that, the only be... way that could
1: possibly happen is if uh, if if they both if both parties got the exact same amount of seats. Yeah. and that's and, but, that's very very rare. I don't think it's ever happened. I mean, her I can't job, Remember if it ever happened? I, I can't no, remember. I can't I remember any example no. of that ever happening. No. Okay. And, and
0: and again, you know, her job would have been to ask one of these leaders, do you know? Can you can you secure the confidence of the house? And so in this case. Thankfully. I mean, I say thankfully only because I would not have wanted to see this constitutional crisis play out with Julie Payette at the helm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then then that being said, it would have perhaps been uh, a little bit of a diversion uh, from the pain of knowing that Trudeau is there for two
1: more years. (laughs) All right. Dino, um, (laughs) Brian has a question for you. Yes, sir. Uh, Brian says, can you ask Dino what portfolio Rachel Bendayan will get?
0: Well, you know, I have to tell you, so – and and Brian uh, and I'm sure other listeners who, who follow me on Facebook or whatnot or listen to me on radio. So I, as a conservative, I go hard after Trudeau. But there are a lot of good liberal members. And Rachel is one of those people. And I give her credit because she really plied, uh, applied herself. You know, she, she, she wanted wanted she, Outremont. She worked hard. She
1: really is a nice person too. Look, I – She's a really
0: nice person. I, I take nothing away from that victory because – to get to where she was to win this uh, writing again. I mean, she worked hard. I think, if I'm not mistaken, she lost the first time. Uh, So, you know, she stuck with it. So good for her. In terms of her portfolio, God only knows. I mean, my sense is that Trudeau's going to bring in some of the people who have not been used in the past. Will he bring in Anthony Housefather? Will he bring in Rachel? Will he bring in, uh, you know, uh, perhaps move Garnot to something other than Minister of Transport, which, frankly, in my writing, uh, was an abysmal failure. I mean, we have a train that runs through our town that is dangerous and. Minister really didn't do much For four years About that whole issue So you know
1: yeah, It's interesting Anthony father Wasn't put in cabinet uh, When he got elected In this writing Because he's the first He's the first MP in the writing uh, In 60 years To not be on cabinet
0: Well but that was yeah. punishment For having uh, embarrassed Trudeau For right. Trudeau's up, I think Jonathan Goldblum yeah. He wanted him to be The uh, candidate right. In my Royal And Anthony said No no You ain't gonna get None of that I'll do it And he embarrassed Trudeau And Trudeau said, Okay, you're gonna see, see that back bench Near the door Where the page is Getting a Coca-Cola for me Yeah that's where You're Oops. gonna sit
1: Yeah they actually do that, huh? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, they punish. They punish. Their absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah,
0: I mean, and then he, and then you know, he gave him the, the poison chalice. You're, right. you're going to run my justice committee, and you're going to take care of my mess that I've created with uh, with Jody Wilson-Raybould. You know, so well,
1: I can't believe he survived. I can't believe he survived all these messes. <laughs> I mean, crazy. I mean, this guy's Teflon. Well, it's which crazy. is which
0: is the reason why I think Shear has to go. I mean, look. Uh, would all the, this is a gift for most accomplished politicians who know how to think <laughs> it was, of it. It was you know, really
1: a silver platter. It really it was. was. I mean, yeah. You know,
0: I, I always think back, and Sheldon, I, I I'm curious to know what you think of this. Which is, mm-hmm. uh, Rona Ambrose was our leader, oh our goodness. interim. I mean, she would have wiped Trudeau on the floor, especially during the time of uh, you know Jody and, and Phil Philpott being kicked out of cabinet. Could you imagine a woman leader of the, uh, yeah. the Conservative Party dealing with that issue? I mean, this would have been a bloodbath. So. No, I, I heard.
2: Oh, would that ever be yeah. a bloodbath? Yeah.
0: I heard Don't Rona
1: question. Ambrose. I heard Rona Ambrose say that she didn't want to run for uh, for prime minister because, uh, first of all, because she was Jewish and she didn't feel a Jewish woman would be able to, uh, to 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 win, and second of all, she didn't want to put her children through the. Uh, through, through the scrutiny of being of running for prime minister. Well,
0: I can understand the I second understand part, yes. but I will yeah. tell you, and I've been the, the, vocal this about is what I heard, it. I heard her say I, this. I, I yeah. hope she'll change her mind because I think the world of her – and if there's a race tomorrow and the candidates line up and Rona Ambrose puts her name in the hat, this is the person I'm running to to support. Yeah, I'm for telling sure. you right yeah. now. So, you know, we'll see. I hope she changes her mind. Because
1: I heard, I heard her say that in an interview not long ago, no. maybe, maybe six months ago.
0: Then again, you have to remember, right? Shear was the leader. That's so. yeah,
2: true, too. Yeah. So yeah. We'll see. I have a couple of questions to ask a gentleman. Um, first of all, in the, in the case with Sheer, yeah. who, who do you think or who do you have a, a gut feeling that might have – Let's say, pushed his strings or pulled his strings a little bit in terms of the different issues that he, that he did or did not want to elaborate more on, maybe the abortion issue or, or or anything else. And also, is it in the conservative constitution that if a leader does not do well, even though the popular vote he, he out uh, popularized Trudeau, um, is, is it automatically that there's a convention, there's a leadership convention that goes on and. Does that necessarily mean he's going to be dethroned because of.
1: Okay, so when you're talking about popular vote, you're talking about uh, countrywide or you're talking about in the party? I I'm, I'm, don't understand. the uh, question.
2: I would say countrywide.
1: Okay, so popular vote means nothing. Uh, absolutely nothing, neither in the Canadian uh, political spectrum or the uh, or the American political spectrum. Uh, we don't work on popular vote. It's not first past the post. It's uh, it's amount of seats that your party gets in the uh, in the, in Parliament. But I'm sure Shears
0: people are going to want to use that, right? Because uh, you've no, seen course. the talking points as a Yeah, of but, late, but right? it's a stupid, it's oh,
1: a stupid I, point. I'm with you. I'm it's with a stupid you. point in the States. It's a stupid point in Canada I, because it's, 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 it's pointless. I agree. Uh, popular vote means nothing. It, it's writing after writing after writing. It's the most amount of writing. It's not the popular vote. So, Yet so the
2: media brings up popular vote. Yeah, votes. because sure, the media. Sure,
1: sure. Because sure. uh, anytime, anytime uh, the media could could throw a monkey yeah. wrench into anything, they yeah. try to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I
0: think here what's going to happen is certainly there's going to be a convention in April in Toronto, which is not really favorable for Sheer. No. Uh, very close to the vote. Very close to. I mean, in Toronto, <laughs> no less, not Saskatchewan. So it's going to be interesting how that plays it's out. True. Toronto, and, Toronto. Every every oh, single
1: writing was liberal in Toronto. Well, and yeah.
0: and there. So the delegates delegates. We'll have a, a confidence vote on this issue, right. um, but there was your first question, Sheldon. I'm sorry, I wanted to answer it and I blanked out, um, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, but
2: in terms of um, who do you feel that pulled sheer strings? Oh, okay. So I, I, I want yeah. So
0: I want to tell you something that—that's that's a, like, a little bit of inside baseball. So when I. Uh, I supported initially Kevin O'Leary. And by the way, that was a lot of fun. I'm I mean, sure. I, that was a lot of fun. I ha- I, I, one day when I write a book, that'll be a whole chapter about me driving back with him from Drummondville for about 45 minutes in my car. That was a great, <laughs> great story. But anyhow. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I supported uh, O'Leary. And then I went to Maxim for the last month. So clearly I wasn't a sheer guy. Well, what happened was when sheer did get elected. And, uh, and by the way, very truthfully, honestly, I said to all of my party members that I knew in Quebec, I said, we got to support the guy. I mean, I, he wasn't my guy. But we got to support him. Let's all get him back and like support him. I reached out to the people who are basically his kind of minions uh, who ran his campaign and said, look, here's a little piece of advice because I've seen this movie before. You're best to try to reach out to people here in Quebec to tell you about Quebec because you guys have no idea about what Quebec is don't think that just because you won this thing by razor razor's edge that you know anything about Quebec oh yeah no, we're going to hold meetings we're going to come out we're going to reach you guys that never materialized so to answer Sheldon's point the people who pulled his strings were all these kind of like dweebs you know like like. and I, I hate saying this but kind of those like you know you see those movies the stereotypes of like the the 20 something with the three cell phones yeah. and like the, the button up <laughs> you know what I'm saying like just people right. really who had no sense about what was going on that really never had a real job in their lives, they were micromanaging this campaign in ways that made no sense. I mean, listen, you come to Quebec and you don't anticipate that they're going to ask you a question about abortion, and then you dance for 15 minutes and still don't answer the question?
2: I yeah. mean, come on. That's why a lot of people also voted the block. That's how the block got in.
0: Well, the block had a very personable leader in Blanchette, very smart guy by the way, and he he knows how to skate around a a, a nice rink, knows he, how to pass very the good, puck, he's a very very good, good talker, oh, yeah. very, very good. Very good. So, you yep. know, it was a it was a, a it was a perfect storm. You had Blanchet, you had the rise of Jagmeet Singh. I mean, he'd been in hiding for twenty months under a rock. Suddenly, he comes out and he's like, "I actually people uh, by, like." By oh, the way, so know.
1: so is Sheer. Oh well, yeah, no, listen. I I know nothing about Sheer. Well, that, you uh, know, that that's that's a big problem. You're one hundred percent right. He was the invisible leader of the Conservative Party, especially in Quebec. Yeah, in Quebec, because I was, yeah. he hates Quebec. Well, i do not if he hates Quebec. I think he just has
0: there's there's no affinity for Quebec.
1: I, right? I heard so. him, I heard him say I heard him say uh, I think it was during the leadership debate. I heard him say that. Uh, that he wasn't going to concern himself with Quebec because Quebec doesn't vote for Conservative anyway. And so, so you know, once I, you have that attitude, then, then how could you be the leader of the whole look, country? Look, I'll tell part? you
0: this. I think you're not wrong that he probably looked at Quebec in ways that, like, again, going back to my point, that made no, no sense. But unlike Harper, Harper had a true affinity for Quebec. I, he really, really learned to love Quebec in ways that he probably never understood in the beginning. And Quebecers liked Harper. I mean, there yeah. was a true respect for the man. It just never clicked with cheer. And look, again, who knows? I may be sitting in the wilderness... And in the next uh, two years because i'm going after my leader now and he may in fact be still be the leader come election time uh but i think if they do they will lose quebec again there's no way he's going to win this province no
1: i i don't see it happening yeah so i, I can't imagine it will no not not with him i i agree uh,
2: what do you think would be a, a, be a you you were saying about rona ambrose that would be you well, think a good replacement oh. or is there somebody else you think that would well, Peter Peter McKay
0: is, is a name I hear a lot. Carolyn Mulrooney is a name I'm hearing a lot. She's actually okay. making overtures to people here in the province. Well, as long as it's not uh, Ben. Well, <laughs> we may get some free spots on <laughs> <in> CTV. But <laughs> Really? But, uh, but, yeah, so uh, James Moore, uh, you know, former minister. So, yeah, they're, they're, listen, we will not be lacking for a potential, uh, you know, uh, candidate should Shear step aside.
2: Do you see Harper making any no, kind of a comeback? No.
0: Somebody said to me, though, the other day, which I thought was kind of ludicrous, and then I was sitting in my car thinking about it. They said, maybe Jean Charest. I said, nah. I said, really? Jean Charette. I said, come exactly. Back? I said, yeah, Jean I Charest said, has his money. He's comfortable. He's not going to come back. What is he going to do? And then I thought, nah, you never know. You never never say never. You know, you know so. they sacrificed Kim Campbell for
1: Jean Charest, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they threw it to the wolves for Jean Charet. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, then he deserted anyway, and he, he, went, he went provincial. You, so. does, does anybody remember?
0: I know you probably, I'm, I'm sure you guys do. I'm asking a question to two guys who probably know. Who was the only other member of parliament other than Zha Shari who survived the disastrous election in, what was it, uh, 1993?
1: Oh, The, the three seats. Two seats. Two seats, two, seats. two seats. That's right. It was him and somebody else. It was him else. and, uh, oh, who, who's <laughs> the other one? Stone politics.
0: No, she. Actually, no? I think she's passed away oh, since. Really? Or it was Elsie Wayne, oh, f- Wayne from oh, the Maritimes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. A- and the joke was that yeah. they used to have their caucus meetings in the telephone booth. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was so
1: disastrous. That's pricey. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember just um, after that, uh, Preston Manning approached me. He wanted me to run for the Reform Party. Oh, cool. And, um, and I met with him a few times, and uh, I, th- I think I, th- I told the story on the show, Sheldon. I, th- I know I you Yeah, yeah, you yeah.
2: You should tell this to Dino. Uh,
1: I, 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 I don't remember if I ever told the story on the show, but it's kind of funny. Um, so I met with him a few times, and then um, I, I said no. Uh, the reason I said no is not that I didn't want to run for the Reform Party, because I, I happen to really love Preston Manning. He's a great guy, and Stockwell Day is an amazing guy. And I said, I w- wish he would make a comeback, because, I mean... You know, being thrown out of politics because you wore a uh, skidoo who was it?
0: Right, right, right.
1: It's <laughs> kind, of, kind of stupid. <laughs> uh, so, so I really wish you would make a comeback because he, he's really a good guy. Sure. Um, so I met with Stockwell Day and Preston Manning a few times when they were trying to woo me to be the uh, candidate. And uh, I, I turned them down at the end only because I didn't have the money to do it. Right. So you need a certain amount of money to put down as a deposit mm-hmm. for the party. Uh, at the time, I think it was ten or $20,000. Uh, it was fifteen. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Give me a second. It was $12,500 dollars. And I was I was still a student and the first time around. And uh <laughs> I didn't I didn't have twelve thousand five hundred dollars to pull out of my pocket to give them sure. to um to, to run as a candidate, so I couldn't do it. Um so a couple of months later, uh I was working for the Suburban at the time. I was a, I was a reporter at the Suburban. And a couple of months later I get a call from Christy McCormick, who was the editor oh, sure. of, yeah, of the yeah, Suburban yeah. at the time. So we're talking maybe twenty five years ago, mm. right? Twenty years ago. Um and he says to me uh, listen, he says, uh, I need you to go and cover an event. I was painting my house. Uh, I was in, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was in like, you know, just paint clothing, <laughs> right? Splattered in paint. Right. And he says, Howie, I need you to go and cover an event. I need you to go right now because the event starts in 20 minutes and the guy who's supposed to go got into a car accident. He can't oh, yeah. go. And you're not that far away, so please go out there and, um, and cover the event. I said, Christy, I have to go and change. Um, he says, No, no, you don't have time to do anything. Go. All right.
0: Aye, aye, aye.
1: <laughs> so I went down. Uh, it was at the Cary Square. Um, there was a restaurant at the Cary Square. It was in the restaurant at the Cary Square, and I walk in, and there's like uh, there's like 300 people there, and uh, <laughs> and all these tables are set up. And I walk in. The person at the door looks at me, looks me up and down. is like, um, could I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm here to cover the event for the Suburban. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at me, just kind of shrugs his shoulders and said, all right, the media table's over there.
0: Aye, aye, aye.
1: I was like, now, now, now here's, my, here's, my, here's my conundrum. Do I, do I go and sit at the media table Right, right. and, and, and embarrass myself in front of everybody because of the way I was me, mean, like, really? Or, or do I just go and sit at a table in the back or grab a chair and just, like, sit right, in the back aye. of the room? I said the hell with it. i got to sit at the media table. Oh my god! So I walk up to the media table, and, and sitting at the table, of course, is Michael Goldblum, the uh, publisher sure, of the Gazette at the Gazette, time. Yeah. Um, uh, Gort Sinclair. Uh, sure. This was before I worked at CJD. Right. So Gort Sinclair was sitting there. Jim Duff was sitting there. Uh, Tommy Schnermacher was sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was all it was all the heavyweights sure, from all sure. the uh, from all the different stations, right? And and, uh, and and I sat down. Now I knew Jim Duff from before. Right. And um and I knew Tommy Schnermacher from yeah. before. So I, I wasn't working at the station yet. but I had met them. Through, uh, you know, through my journalistic endeavors before that. And I sit down, and they're, they're kind of looking at me. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Duff says to me, what, Howie, couldn't find, uh, couldn't find a better set of clothes? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, this is what it is, right? It is what it is. Um, and uh, there's a big podium set up in front of the room, and uh, in walks Preston Manning, and he gets up in, t- in front of the, uh, onto the podium, and he looks around the room, and then he steps off the podium, and he walks right up to the media table, comes over to me, and he puts it in his hand, Howie, how are you? <laughs> I had just met with him a few, uh, you know, just, just a little while before that. And I, I got up and I, I shook his hand. He says, wow, oh, what do you shake my hand? Give me a hug. Wow. And, and he came in <clears> and, <throat> and he gave me a hug. Oh, my God. Okay? And I said, but Preston, I might be wet. <laughs> 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 he says I don't care, right? He gave me a hug. Oh, my God. And, and, and when he hugged me, now nobody, nobody knew this at sure. the time. When he hugged me, he whispered in my ear, maybe you'll reconsider. Right? Really? Yeah, yeah. And I said, um, I said, no, I don't think so. I don't have the money.
2: They don't said, call him the Howie Benjamin Moore sober. <laughs> <thing>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, did you have blue paint on you? <laughs> it was, it was, well, yeah, I wish. That would have been much better. So, wow. So anyway, um, he lets go of me, and he goes back up to on the podium to give his speech. And uh, I sit back down at the table. Now, all the guys sitting at the table, I just kind of – he didn't say hello to anybody else, That's by the way. So he funny. just went back up. Tommy Schnurrack, I interviewed him an hour before. <laughs> <laughs> I sat down, and they're all just looking at me. Okay, and I, 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 I <laughs> and like, what's going on? And I'm, 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 I'm looking at Preston, trying, waiting for him to start the speech. And yeah. he was shuffling his papers, you yeah. know, the way it is yeah. at the beginning yeah. of the speech, just getting ready to go. And finally, finally, Jim Duff says, "All right, if no one's going to ask him, I will."
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: How? What the hell? <laughs> and, yeah, right, right. And, and so I turned to him, I said to him, "What? Aren't you all that close with Preston Manning?" <laughs> And he's like, well, I've never gotten a hug by him. I was like, well, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> and I never explained it to them on why, why I, knew sure, sure. I knew him and how I knew him. Um, so a little while later, Jim Duff took over as editor of the uh, Suburban. Yeah, And uh, Preston Manning was already out of politics. And, uh, and the conservative party, the, the, the new conservative party was already formed. And... Um, And uh, one day I get a call. Uh, One day I I get a call from Duff. He says to me, "Hey Howie, I need you to talk to Preston Manning. I need this information." I can't just call the guy. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I mean. Like, first of all, I don't have his phone number, and second of all, even if I had his phone number, I mean, it's like 15 years later. (laughs) Like, like, what the heck, right? Um, He says. You seem to be close with him. Remember he hugged you? <laughs> no, go get the information for me. Anyway, I got the information, but uh but but you know, th- that's what happens sometimes when yeah. when you, know, but uh, it was a funny story. That's
0: funny. I mean like I, I, I really just I'm story. just I'm just trying to imagine everyone's mouth agape.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're all
3: looking, just standing there just like, staring at what
1: me.
2: What is how we doing? <laughs> like, that's That's well, one thing about Howie, always loves to paint a picture. That's uh, so true, <laughs> though. Bum,
0: bum, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really.
3: <laughs>
0: Sheldon will be here all week.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But, but, yeah, I, 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 got, I got a ton of stories like that. I mean, I'm, I'm in process of writing a book. You should. I, I'm almost you done. should, definitely. I'm almost done with it. But, um, but uh, yeah, I have all sorts of fun stories because uh, – I've been in a lot of strange situations when it comes you to these kind of things. Yeah. And, um, but, but the end result is, and, and the moral of the story is always, that these people are just people. And, well, absolutely, and you, know, you look yeah. at these politicians, you watch them on TV, and you watch, uh, you watch these celebrities on TV, and then you realize that you know, they're just people. Yeah. And it always makes me laugh. And, and it really, really makes me laugh. When I'm with somebody and they see a celebrity or something and they go gaga over them and they, they start they start hyperventilating yeah, or breathing yeah. heavy or their heart starts thumping and I'm like I mean, why? Why? I mean, I'm sitting here with Dino Manzoni. He's he, he's, he's a Montreal celebrity. Yeah, yeah. He's a, oh, yeah, he's a he's a politician. He's been on the air for twenty odd years. Right with the law of the Land. Twenty yeah. years. Yeah, I can't believe it. It's I know. amazing. I
0: Twenty years. And, and he years. looks as young as ever. Oh, you, you know what? I have a face for radio, Sheldon. I swear <laughs> to God.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> Jack Jack Finnegan used to tell me, Howie, Howie, you, you know, get out of radio, go into television. He says television is the future. Radio is not the future. This is what Jack
3: really?
0: Jack Finnegan used what? to always tell me. This. By the way, wasn't he one of the nicest guys? He really was. Yeah. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah. I worked with him he as was well a, as how we worked oh, with him.
1: It was a mensch. I, I was his producer yeah. for uh, almost nine years. Wow. And um, in, in the nine years I produced his show, uh, we became really, really close. And then he started, you know, when he started deteriorating, he started getting yeah. sick. Um, I, I would go to his house and I would help him out at home.
0: Wow, that's nice of you.
1: And, um, yeah. Uh, One day he calls me up. Uh, This is a funny story. He calls me up one day and he says to me, Howie, um, uh, I'm sorry to bother you because he always started his conversations (laughs) like that. (laughs) And I said, Jack, you never bother me. Call me anytime. And he's like, yeah, um, I need you to come over. I said, why? What's going on? Right? He says, well, my brother's out, he says. Um, His brother took care of him. He lived with him and took care of him when he was sick. Uh, He says, my brother's out, but but, uh, my nephew just brought over a PlayStation 2. At the time, PlayStation 2 was the newest machine out there. So my, my and my, my nephew just brought me a PlayStation 2, and he brought me a golf game, he says. And um, <laughs> I, I'd like to play the golf game, but I don't know how to hook it up to the TV. So could you come by and hook <laughs> it up for That's me? That's classic. And I, I said, right. sure, yeah. sure. So I drove over to his house, and um, I went in, and um, his house was set up like a hospital room oh, really? at the time. Yeah, he was I guess, really sick. I guess, I guess. And, um, and I came in, and he showed me the machine. And he's like, I really hate to call you in for this, but um, I really, I was looking at this and I have no idea how to do this. Wow. So I set the whole thing up for him. And um, and then he forced me to play three games of golf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and, I, I think, yeah, he, was I think he was amazing. You know, I, I, just, I know we're
0: riffing here. and then, yeah. but, but when I was, I, I remember going into the station when he was doing his show. He was uh, defending an hour. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Merv Williams was behind the the board uh, who's mm. b- both passed. And Merv was a decent. Oh, I love Merv. And yeah, uh, loved uh, wasn't yeah. he a good guy? just such a tragedy to lose him so young and uh, Tom Armour another great guy yeah. so I'll never He's forget yeah, they're all gone yeah. like such good people and you know so I'll never forget J- Finnegan would have this thing he had this obsession about gas prices and he'd always talk about gas prices he, and every time I'd walk in and we'd bump into each other and say, are you doing a show about gas prices I said no Jack no no I, I, <laughs> I got my set already uh, maybe the next time and every time invariably <laughs> I met him he would talk about gas prices I mean <laughs> so funny. I
3: like,
0: Jack how much are you paying for gas it's bothering you so much you I, I don't even think Think he had
1: a car. <laughs> that was the whole thing. <laughs> I
0: don't even think he drove. It was too funny, you know. But uh, but he was really like you know genteel, yeah. and, and, and and you know and really like if there's a common theme like this, uh, at the top of the hour we talked about you know campaigns getting dirty and whatnot, etc. That that's what's really lacking in just in general like at all phases of. The day to day to day, you know, like whether it be on Facebook or on social media or the day to day conversations, you have. Pe- there's this lack of kindness. You know, people are not it's as true. kind anymore. You know, and so when you when you pay attention to it and you recognize it in somebody like Jack Finnegan, I mean, you you want to market. it. You want people to remember that, right? So
1: I really like the guy, and uh, I really felt screwed when they didn't give me his show after. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? I, I remember I yeah. worked
2: with some of the really legendary people, like the late George Balkan, oh, George yeah. Sinclair. Sure. Rick Lechner. Uh, uh, you're, you're gonna
1: be surprised, uh, but uh, you know, you know who was r- like the really nicest guy to me when I started at CJD. And, and this is shocking. It was Ted Blackman. Uh, oh, sure. He was the sure. nicest guy to me when yeah. I started at CJD. He was the nicest, nicest guy to me. <laughs> he came up to me, he put his arm around me, and said, "Let me show you around." He walked me around the station. And then oh, I, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I used to record him. I used to work uh, Sunday nights. Uh, till midnight, from 6 to midnight. That was my first wow. shift. And so, um, when I when I would sit on Sunday nights six to midnight uh, it was the amateur hour you, know, you had um, oh right yeah. right 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 you uh, had Maria Battaglia, and yes. then uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah, then yeah, 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 okay. the, yeah then you had the yeah. Shapiros, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you had the then you had the yeah yeah it was just it was just yeah. uh, 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 <laughs> I th- I think one of them is still there I think Seth Miller still does the show though. I don't know if he does does he I think but so. I remember yeah. that
0: show absolutely but, but
1: but like we had like five amateurs <laughs> and me running the board right and um, what could possibly yeah, go wrong exactly KRP here we go. Uh, and, and he used to call in like in the middle of the evening and say, I got to record my hit for tomorrow morning's right. uh, morning show. And we have to record on, uh, on Real to Real. Oh, okay. I got oh, Remind right. me to tell
0: you a great story after about Egbert Gay, okay? So yeah. go ahead. Sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so He would always say, me." <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so we had to record Ted Blackman on Real to Real for the morning show. Um, and so I would say Ted uh, give me a second let me set up the reels so that uh, so I can start recording you he'd say okay 3, 2, i say wait Ted, 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 I don't have the reels. I don't have the reel set up he's like well what's taking you so long I'm like well give me a second I have to put the reel on the machine I have to string it, uh, you know, it takes a couple of minutes give me a second here right so I, I would finally string it through and I, we'd start recording and he'd go 3, 2, 1 he'd start his, uh, his, um, his, his sports cast for the morning show Right then he would stop, and he would say, "Ah eff it, I made a mistake. All right, start it over again." Like, okay, and he would do it fifty times, sure. at least fifty sure. times. And, and by the fiftieth take, I'm running out <laughs> of tape already, and I'm like, uh, "Ted, you know, you gotta get it right this time, right? right?" He's like, "Well, you could cobble it together." I was like, "No, no, no, just do it <laughs> once and do it straight, yeah." and and, and, and like the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh time he would have it almost right, and then I'd have to rewind the tape and then start over again and then try to figure out which one on the tape was the right one to use. Uh, it was such a pain. Oh,
0: I bu- listen, I, uh-huh. I will tell you, uh, so I would go in on Sunday mornings. This is way before. I, I, yeah. I need my sleep now. But when I first started, I would go in, like, early. Six o'clock, I was there with either Merv or with uh, Mike Babin, who so I right. still, by the way, keep in touch with. And uh, so I would go there, and I'll never forget Merv Williams one day. He he had... Egbert would come in to do community contact or at least, like, a, uh, like a tape segment. Mm-hmm. And he would, Merv would say to me, "This was still when we had the cartridges, the reel to reel." And he said, "Could you go into Studio B and just like just start the machine up for for Egbert? He has to do his tape it because I, I'm, I'm going to need to take that tape eventually and then play it on air." You know, okay, no problem, fine, no great. So I would go into the studio and and it was just Egbert sitting behind the glass and you know and start the machine, and that was my job—just start the machine and walk away. But I stuck around for. Just because I was curious. I wanted to see what was going on. And so <laughs> I swear to God. So Egbert starts off and he's like, you know, and he's saying something. And then he missed something in his text where he couldn't, he, he tripped on something and he said an expletive. Right. He's like, and he, and okay, do it again, do it again. So, and he would, one, two, three, or three, two, one. And he started again. And the tape is still rolling, by the way, right? So he kept on doing, and he kept on stumbling on the same part. And then he would say the expletive. <laughs> so... Finally, I guess it's done. I do my, my bit with Dave Fisher. Um, at the time, it was for, uh, eight o'clock, right after 8 o'clock news hour. I was out of there by about 8.20, said bye to Merv. I get in my car. I'm driving off. This segment that he would play for Egbert went on around eight forty, 840, eight forty five, 8.45, something like that. And it gave Merv that three minutes that he needed to go to the bathroom. It was his bathroom break, Right. So Yeah, oh, yeah. So he
2: literally (laughs) thought he
0: was playing the proper take. Instead, he played the expletive. Oh, nice. And I'm hearing this, and then I'm hearing Egbert talk to himself, because it's all on tape. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I call in. I call in literally. And and I'm calling in for Merv, and Merv's not answering, because I know he's in the bathroom. So eventually I get Merv. I go, Merv. He goes, I know. I know. (laughs) Because in
1: the bathroom, they have, the speakers. <laughs> I could just see Merv in the panic. I, I remember one time I um, uh, one time I was doing a syndicated show on Sundays. It was some money show, one of the money shows from Toronto, and um, and in the winter time they had a they had the spot break. The national spot break was the first break, right? And in the summertime, the national spot break was the second spot break. Okay. And there was local spot break the first one and the second one. But they never told me when they switched over. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's really so I'm before you
2: should write the book, Dino. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so much like Merv. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Oh, oh, yeah, my, yeah. my all-time favorite when we had Dr. Laura <laughs> Schlesinger in. Oh, yeah. So I was uh, it, she was on from two to four. and it was part of our broadcast when we... Uh, borrowed the 990 transmitter after the ice storm. Right. So we had to We had to air Dr. Laura Schlesinger. So I So I wind up doing it, but they didn't bother telling me in terms of we knew about the breaks, but nobody told me she would have a very nasty habit <laughs> of just pausing. <laughs> yeah, now, we're yeah. not talking, Pregnant gentlemen, pauses, yeah. of about a, a three- to five-second pause. We could talk about a 10-second pause. Wow. It's like- so it's like, you know, you're, you're taught as, as technical producers, if it's even a second dead air, you, you do something. <laughs> you, you you get, you play a spot, you right. play something. And I remember I was carrying a, a stack load of carts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, because because at that time it was not in the computer system. It was a stack load of carts. And I'm carrying it and putting it near the console uh, beside me because I was taking out hours like my whole shift carts. So anyway she goes to a she she goes she does a point I'm taking out the carts and I'm holding the carts and I'm slowly starting to go and all of a sudden she pauses and I went Oh sugar <laughs> And all of a sudden carts everywhere from all over the control room there were carts on the left there were carts on the right there were carts on the uh, other that's side In the glass there were carts behind me go try to pick up what cart was for what commercial and everything like that Oh my god and it was like And and somebody goes by, the program director goes by and he says, What happened? And I said, Well, Dr. Laura kind of paused and he says, you didn't know. You didn't know. <laughs> no, nobody
4: ever told you, Sheldon. Let <laughs>
2: me on. No, quoting Aladdin S song. Oh, song you ought to know. Oh, I that's. Didn't know. Oh,
0: that's so funny. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, We could, we could, we could write books and put we them could. on the New, we New could. York Times bestseller. You, you
0: know, I, I'm gonna mix now politics and radio at the same time. So, uh, who is that fellow? And I can't. Forget, he died about maybe a few years back. He did the news. He was an irascible news uh, newscaster at CJD. Um, Victor Nuremberg? No. Oh, no, no. Anyway, I'm going to blank, and I apologize because I really didn't. Not, name. not Gord. No, not Gord. It was another guy who was doing Sunday mornings with Dave. It wasn't Tom Armour. It was before oh. Tom Armour. Victor
2: uh, Nuremberg. No,
0: no. Uh, well, it
2: was Derek Lynn There Derek go. Lynn, I, you go Thank you, Derek Lynn Oh, he died too He passed away Yeah, yeah. so I'm yeah. going to tell you I didn't know he passed away Yeah, oh, yeah, good. yeah
0: So I'm going to tell you a, a quick funny story here So when uh, I wanted I to I liked him too Oh, listen He was, he he was, was actually incredible. a very nice guy but I'll tell you my introduction wasn't I didn't have that initial impression I'll tell you what, what went on So when I wanted to, to get on radio at CJD there was a guy at the time there. his last name was LeBlanc I can't remember his name Chris. now Chris Was it Chris LeBlanc? And so I went to see him and I said, look you know, I was a five-year lawyer, by the way at Point Rosenstein at the time I said look I want to get into radio I'll do anything he says dude what are you talking about like you're a lawyer like what are you going to do over here I said I don't know I just just want to learn I want to and he says we have nothing for you so I kept on asking calling ask finally he said look okay I'm getting tired of this he says you want fine you're going to be a call screener he said but I'm telling you we don't pay anything and you're going to pick up the phone you type in he showed me everything I said great I'll do it and he said and don't come in looking like the way you are because I had my suit and tie all the time so I came in wearing the hoodie Jeans, baseball cap, like pretty much the way I'm dressed now. And I walked in and everybody thought I was this kind of young guy who was, you know, doing call screening. So I'd be there and I'd talk to either Merv or I talked to like whomever was at the board at the time. And Derek didn't like when you talked to somebody during his newscast. <laughs> So, what he would do is he would literally give me grief when it was over. He'd be like, I'm Derek Lynn, news next at blah, blah, blah. And after it'd go off, he'd literally go, (laughs) and he would get really angry at me. And I'd be, oh my God, he's screaming at me. I never had this happen, right? So, this went on for a while. And uh, he treated me like some, you know, like a kid, basically. Well, then one night, this was the breakthrough. Bringing in the politics. Yeah. Now, Ricky Seer, Richard Sarur, who mm. ran for the Conservatives this last campaign, was on air. And he was talking about the Michael Jackson trial. And this was...
1: Uh, was I his call screener at the uh, time or his producer at the time?
0: I don't know. I don't uh, know. I might have
1: been his call screener or producer. Well, all yeah. I know
0: is that night I was actually call yeah. screening for that specific show. Oh, okay? I must have been working the board. Uh, you, maybe.
1: Maybe you were there. No, it
0: was you because it wasn't Leo. Yeah. So I'm working literally call screening, Okay. And um, what happened was he, Ricky, was trying to remember facts throughout the whole time, and he was like, and uh, you know, and then there was that lawyer and uh, whose name, and I'd be feeding him information. Now he doesn't know who I am for a hole in the wall, so I keep on giving him all this info throughout the night. Show goes well every at the end of the show he comes to see me He says, "What are you like? Some type of law student, whatever?" I said, "Well, actually, I'm a lawyer. You're a lawyer. What are you doing here?" And yeah, this made the rounds. Got to Dave Fisher's ear. He called me when I was vacationing in uh, PEI, and that's when he offered me the uh, wow. a slot to come on air with him. And then when I walked in that first time doing the segment with Dave, well, Derek Lynn was uh, very different with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to apologize for the uh, way <laughs> I oh did not. Oh, yeah, it was really funny, but he was the nicest guy. Really, yeah. I, like like you, I have that same view of him. Uh, uh, but that, that initial beginning <laughs> or the beginning wasn't so great. All right, my favorite
1: Richard Stewart story. <laughs> Because uh, I worked with him for years, right. um, so so it was uh, Sean Starr was his original yeah, pro- sure was his original sure. producer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Sean Sean trained me to do the Ricky Sears show. I came in as the program. Uh, I came in as the I came in as the call screener on the Ricky Sears show, and uh, Sean showed me how Ricky likes to do the show. Like sometimes like. <laughs> Don't let the caller hear his microphone so he could speak over him and make fun of him. You know, all the right, 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 right. different <laughs> things that Ricky did on the air, right? <laughs> and and I said fine. And then uh, Leo Destrella came in, and he <laughs> uh, he w- he did one day, and I did the next day. Like we were switching back and forth sure. between me, me me and Leo. And if one of us couldn't be there, Oliver Cedra would be there. He's now the um, he's now the um, the arena right, spokesperson the
2: Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh wow, uh, for the Cavaliers, good yeah. for him.
1: Uh, yep. So um so. Anyway, we so so <laughs> so I am sitting there with Ricky one night and uh, he says to me he says to me, I'm going national. I said to him, You're going national? He's like, Yeah. So I'm leaving CJD. I have a national I have um I have a um I have a contract with an American national syndicate national syndicate and I'm going there. And I said to him, Okay, he says, You're coming with me. Mm-hmm. I said, All right, I'll come with you. I said, How much are you paying? So yeah, he gave me a number sure. and I said, Sure, I'll go with you. He says, Leo's coming too. I was like, Okay. But you he's also keeping his job here. So you keep your job here, but you'll work with me there right. too. I was like, okay, no problem. Uh we started doing this national show. It was on Talk America. Right, right. Uh we started doing the national syndicate. I'd hook up to the uh, to the to the satellite and uh, But you were it, doing it out of CJD's studio. No, we were doing it we were doing he rented a studio. he rented a uh, a small apartment. Okay, okay. Uh, and we were doing it out of a small apartment right. on Cotanash. Um so, so I would hook up with this girl in Las Vegas. <laughs> now wait a minute, rephrase that. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> she sounded sexy, but uh, I would I would hook the station up to oh, the, I see okay the station in Vegas. <laughs> right. We would we would connect and, um, and 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 Ricky would come on and uh, he would he would do his show and it would be broadcast through an ISD li- ISDN line oh, to right. to Ma- Vegas. Yeah. Okay. So we go to break one day, one, one day, and Ricky says to me, listen, he says, um, the show's getting kind of boring. I need a second voice. He says, um, "He says I want you to be a Chinese merchant in New York. No. So I said to him, what? What? <laughs> so he says, yeah. He says, uh, you, you listen to the show, and you, you hate the show, and uh, you're just calling to give me hell, but like really put on the Chinese accent. Oh, my God. And I said, um, Okay, I'm not, I'm not great at impressions. I mean, I'm good, at impress- I'm good at impersonating myself, but I'm not really good at impersonating anybody else. Um, but I'll give it a shot. Oh, my God. So, all right. So, first, then he goes to, you know, I think it was Hung in, hung in, uh, in, in, in New York, because, I mean, that's Ricky, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hung yeah. in New York. And I would come on. I would give him, like, God, give him hell. Right, right. But it was a Chinese accent. <laughs> now, I play you in my store, but I hate you. And, you're, you know, and, and my customers come in, they hear your voice, it's grating, they leave, and they on oh and on God. and on, right? And, and I would, I'd rant for like, sure. for like five minutes. Was it getting the lines going? Yeah, the lines would line up, right? <laughs>
0: and
1: he would hang up on me. he say, I'll go to hell, and he'd yeah, hang right, up right, on right. me. <laughs> All right, so um, so <laughs> uh, then we started creating more characters.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: So, so it wasn't the Chinese guy; it was the Mexican guy. It was this yeah. guy. It was this guy. That guy. That's too funny. And, and and half the time, I mean, it was all the same accent because I mean, I, <laughs> I'm just not good at this, right? <laughs> and then the days that Leo was uh, working the show <laughs> sure. and I wasn't working
0: the show, he would make me call in. Oh and my I'm like, God, <laughs> that's too funny! You and, can only imagine how what's his name? Um, how it's turned out? Well, how or even Tasso when yeah. he was working with uh, he was, Cabe, you but know? But he was
1: doing all. He did all those. He was voices. doing all the voices himself. I
0: know, incredible.
1: Yeah. But, but here I was, like, you know, I was... I, I was like impr- doing all these impersonations, but they were terrible, and they all sounded the same. <laughs> uh, and, uh, well, yeah, What it do we was do fun. for
0: radio now? I mean, it's it was uh, fun. Those
1: were, I mean, it's, you, you know, can't do that today on radio. Today you, you know, can't do stuff like that. Uh, well,
0: you know, and you certainly can't. Um, you know what I love about this format, uh, which is cool. I mean, you can riff, you can say what's on your mind, yeah. and you don't have to worry about the commercial. Breaks and we don't worry
1: about the time because we've yeah. been on for like almost an
0: hour and a half. It's incredible, yeah, you know. So and, 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 uh, and it's conversation, right? And I mean, you know. Uh, he, you know, satellite radio has some of those kind of, um, if you want to call it, uh, ability to, to uh, you know, more of that kind of openness. Uh, terrestrial radio, if you will, has a lot of limitations. You can't say certain things because of certain
1: rules that are in place. Uh, mostly mostly because you don't want to piss off advertisers.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, look, a, that's really what it comes down to. I'll never forget with Dave one time when I would do, like when I would do my segment on the Law of Our Land, which I still do with Ken, uh, when I would do it, I would do sometimes an example, like a store or whatever. And one time... I used walmart as an example and dave was always funny dave was a consummate still i mean he's a consummate professional yeah. he would never ever say something on the air to make me feel bad but when the segment was over i'll never forget and i was in the studio and he was like a great bit do you know very good bit don't use Walmart next time. They don't <laughs> give any money to this station.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it
0: great. Like, I mean, yeah. it, and it made me realize that, okay, like that, you know, the business of radio, right? Like right. knowing, okay, who your advertisers are, how do you incorporate maybe some of their stories into your fact pattern or into your your bit or your anecdote so you could kind of cross-sell, right? I mean, there, there were things that you you learn, right? You would never know this if you're just listening to radio and say, well, why are they always mentioning that, that advertiser? Well, it's because they're an advertiser. And they're you know? paying for it, yeah. yeah. They're <laughs> paying for it, yeah, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I um uh, I I I produce produced uh, Dave Fisher show a few times. I, I didn't really work like a lot with him. I worked yeah. mostly with Jack Finnegan. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, he was he was really a, oh uh, he was he was like a professional beyond professional
0: and generous with his time. Yeah. I mean, you know, he uh, as Ken is too. I mean, he he literally would. I mean, you know, he would let... I'll never forget one time he didn't show up to the station. It was a snowy morning. I actually made it to the station five minutes to six. Wow. And he did not. And that is completely, like, out of form and out of character for Dave. We actually got worried. Mike Babbins was already there. Uh, Tom Armour was there. So I said, what do we do? He says, well, if it's at six o'clock, he doesn't come on. You're going on with Tom. I said, So, <laughs> so for about five, six, seven minutes... Me and Tom, off the top of the hour, we're just talking. And yeah. I, it was the coolest thing. And then here came Dave running like a crazy man into the studio. So it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Tom is the consummate
1: professional. Oh, I mean, man, you tell Tom he... you're going on and you're just talking, Tom yeah. was just able to go on and talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom
0: was just, an, again, a nice, decent. And by the way, a real journalist. You yeah. know, like this guy worked his stories. He, he was a big believer in making sure the story was accurate. Didn't bring a lot of bias. I'm sure he had his views politically, you know, but he never let that show in anything he talked about.
1: So, you know, the, the biggest piece of advice Tom Barmer ever gave me, I was working in the newsroom uh, very briefly because St. Sinclair never let me work in the newsroom, but when Derek Conlon took over, Right, uh, right, Derek. Derek let me work in the newsroom a little bit. Yeah, uh, until Mike Ben Dixon. Then, then I'll just won't fell talk apart. about yeah. Mike Ben Dixon. <laughs> then, all just, then all just kind of fell apart. But,
0: uh, <laughs> right, Sheldon? <laughs> yeah, where is Sheldon? I think I think we lost him. I don't know where he is.
1: Sheldon, you still there?
0: Yeah, I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I had a sense there though. he may have been gone. Oh, I think Sheldon disappeared. I, I
1: think Sheldon went for a bathroom break. <laughs> Sheldon, oh, Sheldon. So anyway, the um. I, th- I think uh, I think Sheldon's connection computer probably just froze. Uh, that's that's my that's that's what I think happened.
0: Well, uh, you know, it's it's live radio, right. right? That's yeah. what happened. So Sheldon's gone,
1: yeah. but that's okay. Um, so um,
0: you were then, saying about uh, yeah. Derek Conlon?
1: Yeah. So Derek Conlon, gave me a give me give me a break in the uh, in the newsroom, and I went and uh, the first thing he sent me to do was he said, "Howie, there's been a murder." <clears throat> I
3: <wow>. said,
1: "Okay." <laughs> He says, isn't is Dollart, a uh, father killed his wife and kids. Oh, God. And then he lived in the house for two weeks with the bodies. He says. Wow. He says, so the police are on scene right now. I need you to go down there, and I need you to cover this. That's crazy. And I said, uh, you sure you want to send me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this sounds like a really big story. Right? You sure you want to send me? And he's like, um, you know, on a second thought, let me send Shui Lee. And he sent Shui Lee. I said, right. okay, good. So I- I'm still there, and he says to me. There's a fire at the airport. Go to the airport. I said, okay. A fire I can do. Fire at the airport <laughs> I'll cover. I mean, I hadn't covered anything for CJD. It was my first story, right? And I was like, I was like, yeah, murder. I mean, maybe, maybe like, uh, like murder in the house with bodies. Yeah, yeah I'll go with the yeah, fire. G- give me the fire yeah. at the airport. <laughs> anyway, I, dri- I drive down to the airport. And, um, and, uh, and you, know, you come to the airport, you're driving down that hill. Oh, uh, yeah. You sure, pass the right. hotel yeah, and you come yeah, into the airport yeah. and you're driving down that hill. And as I'm coming down the hill, I look in my rearview mirror and like 2,000 people come off the sides and they block the road behind me. Hmm. And I'm like, huh, curious, (laughs) right? And I keep driving. I I park the car and I come out of the car park and I take a look and there's thousands of people milling around, right? Like in the middle of the street and all over the place. I'm like, what's going on? So I walk up to the first guy and I say, what's happening? And he said, oh, you don't know? I was like, no. He says, uh, all, the, um, all the airport workers are on strike. The union just called a strike, uh, immediate strike, and we're all on strike.
0: That's a story right there.
1: He says, and uh, yeah, we're not letting anybody in or out of the airport. Wow. We're, we're holding the airport hostage. Wow. Cool. I call the newsroom and yeah. I say, um, yeah, I just got here to cover the fire, <laughs> but I have, um, I have another story for Something you. Something else is burning. <laughs> yeah. I have another story for you. Right. And um, I'm the only reporter at the airport. There's nobody else here.
0: Wow. That's cool.
1: And they're like, um, okay. Uh, Jason Mayoff was. Uh, yes. No, it wasn't Jason Mayoff. It was um, the one who went to Toronto. What's his name? Uh, uh, bu- 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 the tall guy. Uh, <laughs>
3: that
0: limits it. Tall guy, deep voice.
1: <laughs> I don't remember his name. Anyway, uh, he, um, he was the news anchor and he didn't like me. Ooh. Uh, he didn't like me because i wasn't a journalist in his point mm, of view i was right. an operator right. not a journalist right. even though i had a journalism degree that didn't matter. <laughs> so <laughs> that didn't matter at all right so um so i i, I call him up and i say listen uh, i have um i'm the only guy here i'm here yeah. his name was dave i think david something uh, I, I i'm david McKee. okay yeah. uh, so i say i am the only guy here and uh, i have the story i'm standing here with the president of the union and um and, uh, you know, what do you want me to do, right? Do you want me to cover this or do you want me to just forget about it? Like, go find a fire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, I think you should cover this. But yeah, we're, sure. I, I said, okay. So I, I got an interview with the president of the union. That's pretty cool. And then um, the, he liked me. The president of the union really liked me. Uh, you know, just He liked me. He, yeah, really, liked he really, really <laughs> liked me. And so um, <laughs> so the president of the union went and he uh, he says to me, listen, he says, he says, you're just breaking into this, right? You, you, have, you've, you haven't done any reporting before. Right. He says, I don't know your name. He said, I would know your name if you were doing sure. a report. I said, yeah. He says, all right. He says, I'm going to give you a heads up before we do anything. So we're going to store He says, in about 20 minutes, we're going to storm the um, the terminal. He says, we're going to empty all the passengers out of the terminal. So we're going to go into the terminal. We're going to occupy the terminal. So that's going to happen in 20 minutes. So he says, go position yourself over there. <laughs> He says, so when this happens, you'll have all the noise behind you. So when you call the station and say, uh, you know, this is happening and say this is happening in twenty minutes, you'll be standing in the right place to have the right Christ, background
0: noise. Great din in yeah. the background. Yeah.
1: So, so you have the right background yeah. noise so that uh, so that you know it sounds like you're right in the middle of the action, sure. right? He says, So I'll show you exactly where to stand and this is the route we're gonna take to get in there and you know, right? wow. <laughs> And he placed me now now of course he was doing this for his own purposes, sure, of course. Sure, I sure. mean right, but this really helped me. Um no, 12 o'clock news. I was, I was the lead story in the 12 o'clock news um, live. That must there.
0: have been Was that like Your first time or oh, my first really, time First
1: time Reporting for CJ Were you
0: Because um, I you remember Like you would bring your You had your tape recorder And then did you have to Play that on the air Like was, uh, Oh no Everything was, was I, I did live. everything live. live Okay
1: Okay um, Right Like most of them recording and they played yeah, On the air Because yeah. they want To sound perfect right. I, I, I didn't care about Sounding perfect <laughs> I just wanted to get, just get The story get the story <laughs> On the air Right <laughs> and, and David McKee Refused to come to me So they sent Shui Lee They, they took her from the murder And they brought her They brought her back To the airport Right But she get in. So she was standing on the top of the street right. and she was interviewing people who were leaving and that was the lead story. People were leaving the airport That's instead crazy. of instead of me standing in the airport saying yeah, hey. Yeah. And so um so uh Derek used me on his newscast but uh, David refused to use me. Mm. And even when I recorded the hit at the end, he used sheezy he said he wouldn't use my hit. <laughs> so I said fine, no problem. The next time they asked me to uh, to be on um to be in the uh, in the newsroom was, uh, I don't remember if it was Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. It could have been Christmas or New Year's. I don't remember exactly it was Christmas or New Year's. Uh, but um, but uh, Nick Rizzuto was killed.
0: Oh, yeah. That was, that was actually, the, the, <laughs> you know, I remember the date. Don't ask me why. December the 28th. It was yeah. after okay, Christmas. Okay, so it was just after yeah, Christmas, it was just before MBT, New Year's. Right, yeah. Yeah. absolutely, yeah.
1: So Nick Rizzuto was shot in his parking lot. Uh, uh, not far from him on Upper yeah, Lachine Road. Upper Lachine yeah, Road. Yeah. And, um, and uh, I had to go and cover that. So I went to cover that. That was a
0: very interesting story to cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so I went up there, and I had to see the body lying there, and then the, uh, the pool of blood, and then I had to Eesh. talk to the people in the area. And um, Did you see it? Yeah. Nah. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> <didn't, laughs> I saw
4: nothing. <laughs> I heard nothing. I, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Somebody died? Some, what? <laughs> 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 I know it's sad, and but it's so it's true. It's so
3: true. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, <laughs>
1: so I went there and I um, I, I covered that story. Yeah. Uh, then um, <laughs> then the next time they had me in the uh, in the newsroom, Nicola Rizzuto got killed.
0: Yeah, right. It was all like right after one after the – well, oh, uh, like, uh, it was that whole series of a yeah. spate of murders. Yeah, so all the,
1: I was in the newsroom when all the Rizzuto's that were killed. Is,
0: that's crazy. Okay? I ended
1: up covering all the Rizzuto wow, murders. Wow, wow, okay? wow. And I'm like um, – <laughs> You they're going to come after me <laughs> it's
0: like every time it seems to happen he's on the air
1: <laughs> I don't understand how this keeps happening <laughs> that's crazy yeah so um, and they didn't hire me because
0: uh, how is that well because you know, I mean, they didn't yeah. I mean radio right but but you know when something like that when you're going to cover uh, I mean this this has always been my secret dream you know to, to yeah. kind of be somewhere like you were with the airport right. have a big story and then just, just pick up my cell phone. Lap. Yeah. right and you just call up you know it's always been like this kind of fantasy of mine but um, when, you, when you went to cover the like you know the Rizzuto shooting yeah. the first one I mean how was how the mood the police the, the, like I mean are you kind of like working it well, nobody, going nobody, in, nobody wants to talk to you nobody wants to talk to you right no yeah. the
1: police have briefings every right. 15 or 20 minutes right. to give you an update on the information they want you to know okay but other than that nobody talks to you yeah, yeah. so you just kind of stand there watching them work Hmm. And trying to pick out, like you know, oh, what what did you just pick up there? Yeah, oh, yeah. is that a gun? <laughs> yeah, because they yeah. keep you far away too. Sure, I mean, They sure. don't they don't let you anywhere no, no, near no, the scene. Sure. So, so you're kind of watching. The, the um, you, I actually went to cover a murder. I went, I went to cover a, a a a murder in a house, a family um, a family killing, uh, for the suburban one time. And I was standing with uh, with Dominic Fazio.
0: Oh yeah, sure, sure. Uh, F- uh, Fazio F- from Global, yeah. or formerly. of but I don't yeah. even know, don't know what he's there. doing now yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was standing with, Dom, with Dominic and, um, uh, and we were trying to determine they were taking things out of the house and both of us were trying to guess what they were taking right, out right. because we both needed it for sure, a report sure and and we weren't close enough to be able to see, and neither one of us brought binoculars. So it was like, like, what does he have in his hand there? I don't know. It looks like a dog. <laughs> I don't think it's a dog. <laughs> but that that's the way it works, yeah, right? Sure. Because sure. I mean, you know, you, you got to do the best you could do, and that's it, and hope that you get it right.
0: Yeah, it was. It's interesting. Whenever, like, you know, uh, go back to the political arena yeah. when I would be at these conventions and all. And something would take place, and that I would know about, and I had this burning desire to want to tell somebody. But you're bound to not say certain things, and so we would have these reporters. There's one reporter from the CBC I like her a lot, Katie. Franzios. No, no, yeah. she she's and you, know, she, you see her all the time with the big glasses. Very, very good reporter. I actually like her a lot. And I remember one convention she. Came up to me and says, Come on, you know what's going on. Just come on, give me. And I said, Look, I, I do, but I can't really tell you because then they'll know it's me and I, I don't want to get in trouble, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but it was always interesting to be on the other side. Like I knew full well what they wanted, uh, but to have the story in the scoop right. and not share it. And not be you know? able to tell yeah, it. And yeah, that, that got me a little crazy. I, there were times I just said, Ah, the hell with it. Let me just say something, but yeah, you know, I kept my mouth shut.
1: You know, I, um, I was sitting, I was covering an event one day and uh, somebody came up to me and said to me, uh, Hey, Howie. I got a great interview for you. I'm going to bring him over. I was like, okay. And then he brought over Justin Trudeau. Nice. Uh, oh, I saw that
0: picture, by yeah. the way. <laughs>
1: that I. You know what? That that was literally what? Right after he won or
0: something? Uh, or? Yeah. Like, like um... Like a couple of days later. Yeah. So just for for those listening, like, so how he posted this picture? You're yeah. at the table. You're doing your show, yeah. and there's Trudeau. I mean, the
1: newly minted uh, prime minister, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he sits him down, and, I'm, uh, <laughs> and you see the you see the picture. That was just after he sat down. Somebody snapped that picture. That I, is a great cause, shot. Because I really started laughing. Yeah. Because I was like, I was like, really? Because he's like, don't worry about it. It's so no important, right? Then he down the prime minister, and I'm like, really? What a
3: guess. <laughs> and That's and a... I started
1: cracking up. I sure. mean, it was just funny, right? And um, my audience had no clue what was going on. We had, I, I had gone, we, when they came over to me, they gave me the notes saying that I have somebody to bring over to you. They didn't tell me who. Right. I said, okay, we'll go to break. When we come back, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have an interview. Right. And I didn't sure. say who. And, um, and, and so I'm, i was cracking up. Right. And my, <laughs> and, and then my co-host at the time, uh, Nofar Kimchi, she was sitting next okay. to me and she, she had that stunned look on her face. You look at the picture. She looks yeah, like,
0: yeah, she's like, wow.
1: She's like, what yeah. the heck? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and they said that Justin Trudeau. Okay. And so I'm looking at him, and I, I really never liked him. I mean, to be honest, I, mean, I was <laughs> never really a big fan, and uh, he, wasn't, wasn't my kinda, he wasn't my kind of guy, right? And, and he's sitting down there next to me, and I said, okay, so I have two, like, I've always been a ham. So sure. it, I, have two, I, have two, I have two options here. I could do a straightforward interview right. uh, with the newly minted prime minister right. of the country, <laughs> or I could just make fun of him and have him leave, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, one or the other, yeah. right? So I decided to make fun of him a little bit. Wow, good for you. So we come back, and I say, all right, so now we're being joined by the MA from Gatineau. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jean-Pierre LaBerge. Oh, my
0: God, are you serious? Welcome he to is...
1: the program, Mr. LaBerge. He must have said, what the hell? And he was standing there looking at me, right? Oh, my God. And, and, and he's looking at his handler. His hand standing next to him, right? And, and they're he's... probably going like, Go, oh. And, and everyone's just looking. Like, nobody knows what to do, right? right? And I say, I'm just kidding. It's Department of <laughs> State Justin Trudeau, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> and... I thought he was going to leap over yeah, the table and yeah. kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I really believed <laughs> oh my <laughs> that my life was in jeopardy. Not even him, his handler. Sure. I really believed my life was in jeopardy at that point, right? Because uh, she backed off. My, my co host backed off. She was like, I'm not. I'm yeah, not, yeah I, don't I don't know this guy. I don't, this guy. I don't want like, to know, yeah. I'm not part of this, right? <laughs> And he looked at me, and it was the most hostile. I don't have a copy of it. It's Unfortunately, I lost the copy. Oh, my God. But it was the most hostile interview I've ever done in my sure. life.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, well, he probably was full of himself. He just A won, little right? bit, yeah. So he's like, who the hell is this guy calling me uh, Liberus from Gatina? Wow. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Sure. <laughs> um, but... He- I mean, it was the mo- it was really really hostile. Well, and listen, you probably had a better sense of what was comedic, and yeah. I think because this is the same guy who put blackface on. That's it, so- true. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so let's understand yeah. where that's coming from, right? So, so I um so I did a straight interview with him after that. Sure. So, you know, I I saw he had no sense of humor, so yeah. I did the- I did a straight interview, <laughs> um and I asked him tough questions. Yeah. Right. And I, I was just shocked that he didn't get up and walk away right after the Jean-Laur thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he stuck around and uh, he did the interview, and it was a really good interview. And I'm really upset I don't have a copy of it.
0: But you know, you you bring up something which is that like you don't you don't see you don't um, you don't see a lot of on either or hear a lot of on radio or see a lot on TV. Those really hard hitting interviews of any of these, these, no. these characters, right? It's I mean, not no all scripted. Ah, and scripted, and they just want to get the law. So, for example, the producer said, Okay, we're doing a story today. Here's the, here's the angle. Get an answer so we can have a clip. We can yeah. run it, blah, blah, blah. So they're not really asking the question for the question. They want to get the clip that goes with the narrative right. that they want to promote, right?
1: Look, I am um, uh, Al Gravel. Oh, I love Al Gravel. Al's an amazing man. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he up, uh, you know, he, yeah. he he just put up you uh, know fifty years at show and He just put up a he put up a post today talking about uh, you know he was sitting in the hallway with uh, Genesis on the floor <laughs> with Phil Collins. Amazing? Wow. And, and he was doing this and he was doing that right and all these people and and I answered I I commented on his post saying listen. Um, you can't do that today Like first no. of all First of all The artists won't stick with you Second of all Their handlers would never Forget let it. them
0: You would even be In the same room with them No, so, no.
1: The handlers would never no. let you Have an off the cuff conversation no. With them No I mean, Everything is scripted Everything is yeah. uh, It's
0: all uh, safe It's all packaged It's the, all pre-packaged uh, garbage Well I mean you know The story like you, You've heard it uh, Tommy talked. Tommy yeah. Schneermacher Talked about how he went to see You know The uh John Lennon, John Lennon Yeah the I mean, right. Like he got right. right to their door and He, he was, walked right into their uh, was, Place at the, 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 the What's it called He was baby Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Yeah, the kid. I mean, great story, right? But yeah. that that could not happen today. No. Not at all, you know? By the way, Al Gravel came up with the nickname Law Boy for me. Oh, Every really? time I would come and he was with Aaron and Melinda at the time, yeah. they both care. They had a show together, anyway, and he uh, was and we're coming up, we got law boy and, you know, and he and it stuck for a long time and it stayed with me until I got gray hair and I said I can't pull off the law boy stick he, anymore. He used to call me Duckman. <laughs>
1: because <laughs> Howard the Duck was his uh, favorite movie right, yeah. we're right, we're right. <laughs> he
0: he is such a nice guy again yeah. a genuinely nice guy right yeah, yeah. <sighs> wow. and
1: generous also with advice and yeah, his time and everything absolutely, else I mean, absolutely yeah. good people so, sometimes you run into good people in radio you do I mean you I ran into Dino yeah, I ran a to you. you're a great guy <laughs> <laughs> alright so uh, we're, we're pretty much out of time I mean um we could go on for another. Where minutes. did the where did the time go? This
0: is you know I have to tell you uh, and and I want to be on record so that we have it for posterity, right? Uh, but you know we God, have we have to take a picture too. We will we will yeah. and but you know God bless you really uh, and I mean this I said this to you off the air you know like I think what you're doing is great. Um, I I'm a big believer of people who the, the, um, let me let me backtrack a bit. You know when people live a life and they die and they, you 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 know pretty quickly within the first. Five, six, seven words when somebody talks about somebody's passed away, how they really thought about this person, right? And yeah. I'm I'm convinced that when people say, "Oh, that guy was," he was just a kind person. He was night the, "That's the best legacy you can Definitely. you can live, right?" Yeah. And like, that's really what I get. I get a sense of that with you every time I read your posts. You're so genuine. You're so authentic. When I read you on Facebook or social media, you're always advocating your beliefs, your convictions. Um, you do this show. It's from the heart. There's passion. Dude, man, that's to me. That's like living the life you need to live. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the, to me.
1: That's that's your legacy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but you know, I, I always feel that people hate me. Uh, oh, it's, no. it's always it's always it's always in the back of my head that when I when I express my point of view, and when I when I, when I talk and when I when I do the shows, that, that there, there there's there's. There's a whole segment of – there's a whole segment of – like a large segment of the population sure. that doesn't like me. Look, I'm going to – And I don't care. Okay. It doesn't bother me So, too much. But... So,
0: well, here's the thing. And and so this is – we go through this, right? We yeah. all want to be liked at one level, right? But I've learned – and this is – I'm 51 now and I've gone through losing both parents in the last few years. And so a lot of life changes that have made me think about things. It's so – there was a time when I wanted to be liked. There was a time when I wanted to be respected. Now I want to just simply be understood, as long as people know where I stand on something and they know that I'm authentic about my point of view and this is why I say what I say, I frankly don't give a shit whether they like me or don't like me yeah. or – because the truth is, is that I'm true to myself. And that's what that's why – like, I mean, you know, True Talk Radio, right? I mean, right. I mean this is – to me, what you're doing is you're being true to yourself. So you keep on – you know, stay that path because – I I gotta tell you, and I say this, I've said this to you on post. Yeah. I said I'll say this to you right now, to your face. You're one of my go-to posts in the morning every day. I appreciate, like that. literally. Like I go, yeah. okay, what is how we what is how we thinking? And usually you have your finger on something that's burning. You know, it's either, and I'm like, or sometimes I'll read and I'll go. I don't know why Howie's on that today Like, And then three hours later Boom It's like You know Like you're kind of you're, you're, Yeah right So you're kind of Seeing it come around the corner So so, dude Continue doing what you're doing I really I mean this I respect you tremendously I yeah, think I this is that. Not really I, I look I mean There are not many people That are authentic That I truly enjoy being around And when you told me You said look Come on We're going to do this thing We've been talking about Doing this for a long time Yeah right? yeah and, uh, and you know
1: I want you to come back Oh dude I love it I mean like, listen You're wait, wait, great You know,
0: know? And then I mean like To me this is It's just honest conversation conversation, it's just honest feelings, honest stories and who you are and dude, just continue doing it, man. God bless you. Like really, because those are the things people will remember. And and frankly that's the legacy, right? Yeah. So, for sure. You know.
1: But you know, you get discouraged sometimes. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, sure. Like sure. you, you know, I, I get attacked all. I use online. I get attacked <laughs> all the time. Absolutely. Well,
0: look, I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a Trump supporter. Yeah, okay? I've actually right. said this <laughs> on tape, and and the people are, oh my God, how can you? You're such a smart guy. Well,
1: how could you? How could you support Trump? And and they'll go crazy on you me. Know, you know. For the longest time, I said I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm a supporter of democracy, and, right. I, I, and sure. it's true. Sure. I, at the beginning, I did not support Trump. Right. Right. I support democracy, sure. and Trump was elected as president, and therefore I support the elected officials. Same way I support Justin. Trudeau. Sure, sure. I may not agree I want, with I
0: want my Prime Minister to do well. I don't want yeah. him to fail. I yeah. may not agree with sure. him. Yeah. I may not like
1: his policies yeah. but I support him as Prime Minister because he is the Prime Minister. Absolutely. He was elected as the will of the people and I, I believe in the will of the people. C'est la vie. Um, But the left has forced me to become a Trump supporter. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> Blame the left. <laughs> as as, much, as, I, as yeah. much as I hate to say it, yeah. the left has forced me to become a Trump supporter. Why have they forced me? Because of the lies and yeah. the the, lies and the, uh, the disingenuity that's, of, that, of what that, they say. Well,
0: this is it. Well, right? that's
1: the, this um, is it. I mean, they're but, disingenuous with uh, their position. And, and I've had to become a Trump supporter in order to defend the presidency. Not to defend <laughs> I Trump, know, I know. but to defend the presidency. Yeah. I I, I got to tell amazing. you, look, yeah. I,
0: here here's my take on the guy. Like, Look, there's a lot of stupid things he does. I'm the first to admit this, right? I mean, like in terms of his tweets and some yeah. of the shit that he does. Okay, I get all that, right? But this is the same guy that... The left and Hollywood and everybody embraced in the media for years on end. Of I mean they asked for money. I yeah. mean, people. This guy was like a bank for them, right? And then he was invited to all the a list celebrity meetings and dinners. So you know, I, I, there's a hypocrisy about it all. And somehow, some way, he's like you know the third coming of or the second coming of Satan or I don't know the Antichrist or whatever. I
1: mean, it's just it's it's bullshit, right? I mean, this. But you, is, but you know what bothers me about this whole thing is that um, there's plenty to criticize. Uh, that's real stuff. Oh, absolutely, okay? sure. Plenty to criticize is real stuff. When you start making stuff up, yeah, yeah. that's what really bothers yeah, me. Yeah, uh, I, I believe. Okay, you know, if if you're if you're a doo head, you're a crap head. That's fine. I right. have no problem with that. Right. Right. Call you out. If you're a criminal, call you out, prosecute you, throw you in jail. I'm good with that. Right. And I don't care who you are. Sure. You know, you're gonna molest a kid. You're gonna rape a woman. Right. You're gonna do this. You're gonna do that. And call them out. Call uh, them out. Yeah. Have them arrested. Sure. And get rid of them. But these people, these people, these Hollywood people, right. who have hit pedophiles in Hollywood. Right. Active pedophiles sure, sure. that are well known in Hollywood, and they cover for them, and they're still covering for them, and well, they're and they're and they're calling him a scumbag. Oh, Come look, on, look at the whole Epstein
0: Come story. On. Like you know, look at oh, the what Epstein story. story. Kind of disappeared,
1: didn't uh, it? R- well, yeah. Well, it did disappear to some extent. The
0: guy's look. dead now, so like they've moved on. But look at even though I thought the whole Ronan Farrow story, yeah. right, where he had to leave NBC to get his story published. Did, at did Vanity you read Fair.
1: that Variety? Did you read that uh, that Vanity, Vanity, Vanity Fair, Fair. article?
0: Yeah, yeah. No. Listen. Not the Ronan Farrow one. do no, you no, no, that last Absolutely. Yeah. No. I mean about NBC. Yeah, Did yeah you read no, that I mean, listen, it's it's damning, right? So, yeah. so you know, th- th- there there is a selective outrage that takes place on the left, and that's why I kind of stopped listening to it. I mean, look, even this whole impeachment thing, right? It's a, it's a crock of shit. Like as a lawyer, really I'm looking is. at this stuff and I'm saying, okay, you know, whatever, have fun, waste people's time and money. But I mean, the truth is, is that every president who sat in that chair has at one point or other. Faced impeachment. <laughs> yeah. no, uh, no, but made that type of deal where yeah, they said to a country, you're going to either do this or we're not going to do that. The idea that this is so new and it's novel, and this is the first president that somehow said this, is complete and utter baloney. So, and, and then you have, for example, four senators this year in July who actually wrote to
1: the Ukraine and, and essentially asked for the same. They said they wanted them to, to investigate Trump. They have on, on tape, there's a tape of Adam Schiff actually making deal a deal with uh, with people impersonating the, the Russians, Russians yeah, yeah. to get naked pictures of Donald Trump. I know.
0: I mean, this is, uh, the, they, this is why I just find that that, and i you know who I really feel sorry for I really feel sorry for the hard working stiff in in the yeah. states who really just wants to get you know get by feed his family. Uh, and and just you know do the, live the American dream and they're watching all of this and saying this is crazy and and by the way we suffer as a consequence too because you know our four hundred one k excuse me our RSps are tied to the four hundred one ks out there the companies that we yeah. like. so you know when they when something goes wrong in the U S believe me it impacts on us so I take no pleasure in watching any of this I, I you know I just I roll my eyes because I can't believe that it's getting the being given the oxygen that's been given but I I will tell you this he will win again. He will get reelected. I and, think so. Oh, listen. At this point, I'm almost convinced that the Ameri- Americans— Do you see gonna... how
1: many people come out to his rallies wherever he Did goes? Did you see the Texas one? Yeah. Okay,
0: the, now, everybody says, Texas, Texas. So here's the left, right? The left will tell you in every other every other kind of situation, oh, we have a real shot at winning Texas. And yet when he has a rally where 25,000 are inside and 25,000 are outside, yeah. oh, well, that's Texas, right? So, <laughs> you know, you never win with the left, right? But, I mean, when 50,000 people come to listen to this guy talk for Two hours, if not more. And
1: some of them were standing
0: in the parking lot lot watching a big screen. They could be at home in their chair watching on TV. I'm telling you, this guy's going to win. Why? Because the American people are going to give the big, you know, middle finger to the establishment yet again. But it's not only about that. You
1: know, nobody ever covers the good stuff that Trump has done. He's done a lot of good stuff. So, you know, middle America went back to work. Oh, absolutely. And the middle class is being rebuilt. Sure. that happened under Trump. That's not a leftover from Obama. No, no. Obama said those jobs are never coming back. Right. You remember and that? And Trump brought them back. Sure. Uh, he reopened the, he forced the car companies to reopen factories, so Michigan is going back to work.
0: Well, just today, for example, with the capture of uh, Baghdadi, oh, right, okay? Oh, gosh, yeah. So, we touched touch that. I, I yeah. mean, let's just go, like. Two days ago, they were ripping him a new one for Syria, and now somehow he's like, you know, the a genius for what's taking place. So, look, I, I will say this: I think the story on Baghdadi hasn't been fully exposed. I'm sure. It I think it. that what Trump, maybe inadvertently or otherwise, may have done in terms of bringing pulling out the troops in Syria may have actually dislodged that intel to be disclosed to the Americans so that they could get Baghdadi so you never know right look
1: Pelosi's upset that he didn't tell her that he was going in oh who cares who cares (laughs)
0: you know honestly I've I've heard like literally I've just become so sick of listening to her and Schiff and, and look I think frankly if you're tired and I'm tired I think that a lot of Americans are tired too and that's why I don't think that the I, I, reality is they need to impeach him because otherwise they don't have a shot against him. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren?
1: <laughs> Great, throw her at him. You know yeah. she didn't get crucified. So you know. Look, I, I'm um, I'm a political junkie. <laughs> I know. And I get really <laughs> tired sometimes watching uh, watching this this, uh, this dog and pony show in the states. Yeah, no, it uh, it, it's really show. it really gets tiring. Yeah. I I, I like to watch um, uh, in the evenings. I like to watch an hour of CNN. Oh, you do? And then I watch an hour of Fox News. See, I can't do
0: either um, anymore. I, I, I used I to do, like watching Fox and a little bit of CNN. I just can't watch either. Anymore. I,
1: I do one of each. And yeah. I usually watch Tucker Carlson on Fox. Yeah, I because think he's very good. He is, yeah. He's yeah. more balanced than yeah. pretty much anybody else yeah. on the station. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But CNN, he's bright, too. I mean, yeah. he's
0: inherently very bright. And,
1: and CNN, I mean, it's hard to find somebody <sighs> to watch on there. It's painful. Um, but, you know, occasionally I'll catch Hannity. Yeah. And I, I watch Hannity, and, you know, he's just, he's just a... He's a cheerleader, you know. I aside mean, from a cheerleader, yeah. I mean... Every show is the exact same show. It's literally the same show. Literally, that's that's why I stopped exact, watching. He yeah. said the exact same thing every, <laughs> every single night. show. It's the same
0: script. <laughs> I know.
1: He doesn't have to write anything all day. And
0: yet he has the number one ratings on cable. I don't get it. It's crazy. I, I used to like Bill O'Reilly because he was smart. Oh, he
1: was great. Yeah, he was very yeah. smart. But um, but Hannity. I mean, I watched him. I watched him for a full week because I, I sure I, sure. Oh, I've I have
0: watched Hannity on on end for I, many I, many shows.
1: I just wanted. I just wanted to see if I if my theory was right. Right. And every every show, it's it's a um, uh, crooked Hillary and, um, <laughs> and 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 the deep state and the um, and then he has to cast the characters. and yeah. you know, he brings out the same people. And the same and people yeah, come yeah, out. Yeah, and yeah. They yeah. say the exact same thing Dad, every Don single
0: Gino. night of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean that Ben Gino's amazing. <laughs> He's but great. But, but you see, but I, the, here's why I think Trump's going to win again, and I'll yeah. tell you why. Because because a Hannity can do a show like that night after night and still be number and one. <laughs> number one <laughs> yeah. suggests to me that people really are are captured by this, right? And they're just enthralled. And so it's their way, it's their cathartic way to say,
1: I will support this president indirectly by l- watching your show. I mean, you know. My, my theory on Trump has always been that he's running the presidency like he ran his game shows. Absolutely. Like he ran his reality yeah, shows. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, you know, when he wants to do something really important, he sh- he, he has a shiny ball in his hand. <laughs> right. He says, Media, look over yeah, here. Bob. Lefties, look over here. And then he does what he has to do on the right. Well, look what he did
0: last night. I thought it was genius, yeah. right? So they capture Baghdadi, right. tweets out saying, Something big happened today. Yeah, and then he calls for a, call, a conference at nine o'clock this morning on a Sunday. And he ate a whole cycle today. Right. So
1: good for him. Yeah, but, but he, he holds up the shiny yeah, ball yeah, yeah. to distract people sure, from what sure, he's really doing.
0: Sure. He's in, listen, I'll tell you this. and He's not, and stupid. He's not, he's stupid, not, stupid, not stupid by any stretch of the amount. And, and here's the thing. The left would, would be wise to actually stop thinking that this guy's an idiot and not that all of his followers are idiots and actually pay attention and look how he uses the shiny ball yeah. because maybe they could you know, f- fake him out on, on one of his. Or moves. maybe they could learn something. They could learn something. Yeah, Wouldn't that be novel? That,
1: no. that is, that is, uh, that is generally what people don't do. No, no, they don't no. look at their opposition and learn.
0: No, no, no. Listen, they're going to repeat the same mistake. I guarantee you, they're going to go. Listen, I'm hoping they're going to go with Elizabeth Warren. I mean, this is my dream. I'm like, please, please, put this liberal senator from Massachusetts, who has no plan on anything, who says she has a plan for everything, she has no plan for yeah. anything.
1: Let her run. I'd love to see this happen. Have you seen that compilation of clips where they ask her if taxes are going to go up and she, she keeps avoiding the avoiding the. She talks about how
0: costs will go down. Yeah. And she never wants to talk about the taxes. I mean, it's incredible, it's amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah. And she's the front runner. Yeah.
0: Well, well, listen. I mean, like, what's left if it's not Joe and it's not her? Who's there? Bernie? Oh. Bernie barely. I mean, he has a stent right now. He's afraid yeah. to like miss a miss a rally or a meal, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> this is not pretty. Well, he's
1: also seventy eight years old. Seventy eight years old.
3: I mean, come on,
1: break. <laughs> yeah, you know, running a presidential campaign at seventy eight is <laughs> pretty stressful. Um, okay. I would, I would think so. <laughs> but Trump and uh, Trump and Biden are much. Younger 70, they're, they're 70 in 70 There They're the shows in those
0: race. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh,
1: Elizabeth Warren's up there too. I think she's seventy. She's on
0: her seventies. Yeah. It's an older crowd. I mean, I'll tell you who I really like of the Democrats. I mean, again, if you just yeah. look on the like bit, I like Tulsi Gabbard. I think she's yeah. she's the but she's actually honest. Well, there's there's yeah. a thing, and I think she's more of a pragmatist than a than a lefty hardcore kind of like drank the Kool Aid type thing. And then and then the other one who I really think is the one that could be Trump, but she'll never have enough money to be go deep in race, is Amy Klobuchar. Yes. Amy Amy Klobuchar. Oh, she dropped out already. Uh, uh, has she? Yeah. I don't know. I, she what? No, I think you're I think thinking about out. Kristen Gillibrand. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Maybe. Amy Klobuchar is still in there, but she's like, again, it's a money game, right? If you don't have the money, you don't have the honey. So, you know. Yeah. It's too it's gonna, bad. It's going to be interesting. I met her husband as an aside. He's a, a, fam- a bachelor. He writes uh, historical books. I met him a few times in yeah. Washington. He's a very nice guy, and we talked about his wife. And you can tell this the, she is an extremely accomplished woman. And in the hearings for um, Kavanaugh, she was the only one that was the most balanced, if you want to call it, the most kind of uh, insightful when she went after okay. him. It was such a travesty. It was. Kavanaugh. It was. Yeah, it, it was. was but, a a, but but if you look at test uh, questioning, yeah. she was a little bit more honest and more close to the mark on, on the question she You
1: know, we live in a victim. We live in a society that uh, that that glorifies victimhood. Yeah,
0: snowflake society.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's very sad. I mean, you're raising kids. I don't have kids, but you're raising Uh, kids. Three of them. But I I will tell you, they're they're their own
0: independent thinkers. And they know where daddy stands. And daddy's very vocal. And they're very, very vocal. And I tell them, don't take anybody's view for being what it is and have your own convictions. And that's the key. You know, if there's a theme tonight. Believe in yourself, have conviction, have passion, fight for what you believe in, and everybody else can go to hell.
1: I mean, really. You know. yeah. <laughs> the way I think. <laughs> you know what, Sony? Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate you, it. Howard. I mean, this was an extended version of the Howie Sobaker show. I think we went on uh, for two hours, which was nice. Which was nice. And um, uh, we're going to take uh, we're, we're not going to take a break. We're going to take a leave now. <laughs> uh, we will be back. Uh, I'll be back again. I, I know this week I said I was going to uh, start doing the show three nights a week. Uh, we're gonna start that next week. We're not doing that this week. So, uh, st- starting next week, we'll be on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Uh, that's that's gonna start next week, not this week. So, uh, this week we're just gonna be on tonight. Uh, I thank you all for listening, and I wish you a great week. We'll see you again. Uh, we'll see you again next week, right here on the Howie Silberg Show on the True Talk Radio Network.